Welcome to Grid Apocalypse episode 229. My name is Matt. Hola. Room for room noise. Ant's and name is uh-huh. Ant. Hola, Ant. Mi amo Matt. Hola. And I'm Anthony. What? Ue est de bibliothèque. Quelle couleur fromage? Omelette du fromage? No, I was asking who cut the cheese. Oh, no, no I'm saying was it, an, it was an omelette of cheese. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. What have you done now? <laughs> My tea bag just tore. <laughs> well, you want it in your tea, don't British you? British problems, eh? <laughs> Why did you put it? What? I didn't pull it. I picked up the cup and it was dangling there. Anyway, thanks, tea pigs. For fucking oh, up my cup of tea. Yeah, that's why you didn't get a good Yorkshire tea, a good British tea. A 99p pack of Yorkshire tea is better than tea pigs. Mm. No. It's British. It's, well, so is tea pigs. Anyway, welcome to Crit Apocalypse. What we do here is we review stuff and things. We don't often have issues with tea, but here we go. What's that? It's, it's um, Bishop's famous minigun. Bishop had a minigun? Yeah, um, it does suffer from gold plastic syndrome. One of the handles is broken off. But um, do you remember when he had a minigun in the film? No. In I the film, aliens very the recently. aliens, the aliens. Yeah. Is that a? That's the film we all know and love. The aliens. Yeah, where Bishop had the sunglasses and the wraparound shades and oh, the, the metal head and everything. I think those are goggles. Out, they're not wraparound shades. No, but... they're shades. They're <laughs> shades. The pi- there's a picture on the box. I different... don't want to pick up that thing. It's fucking cast. <laughs> this is just how I remember him. So was this from the Kenner toys where they made all the aliens as well? Yeah, yeah. The kids' toys. I've got the aliens in that box over there. You got some of the aliens in the box over there. I've got one. Yeah. But yeah, I remember like you had like the bull alien and the one where you could slide its neck back and the one of the horns. I've got the panther alien. Okay, okay. Is that from the film where they invade a zoo? Yeah. (laughs) It's from the crossover with that Matt Damon film. Oh, we bought a zoo full of aliens. Yeah. When they unearthed the ancient Aztec pyramid Wait, underneath. Turns out his, his, his last name is Wayland. Yeah, it's from We Bought a Zoo vs. Predator. Mary Scully Hansen, whose last name is Utani, because she's playing a Japanese woman. <laughs> yeah! Topical reference she for 2014. Japanese. Yeah. So um, is Emma Stone. <laughs> no, she was a Hawaiian. Oh. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, welcome to Crit's Apocalypse, where we each take turns every week to review stuff and things. I'm going to start off today with a very sad, quick talk about Carl Weathers. Did we talk about Carl Weathers last episode? This was like a month ago when Carl Weathers died. Was it? Yeah. No, it was less than that. It was like a month ago. You were talking about Carl Weathers last time. Were we? Yeah, I'm sure you were. Okay. Well, I love Carl Weathers, and I'm sad that he's gone still. I watched all the Rocky films. Yeah, because you went on about, oh, being in Arrested Development and stuff. Fucking yeah, that that's that sounds like me. Yeah, being in Arrested Development stuff. Anyway, <laughs> still sad about that. Anyone else died recently, Ant? I mean, probably yeah. This probably approximately a few hundred thousand a day, I'd assume. From what? Stubbing their toe too hard. That can kill you. Yeah. Jesus. Blood clots. How? <laughs> I like the fact that you went, yeah, just like a person would if a child asked them a question, you just wanted to stop the conversation. But then you couldn't let it go, so you had to say, blood clots quickly. Yeah, you can, 
If you get a bad enough bruise, you can get a blood clot and die. You're both the parent and the child in your own situation. That's how freaking... What's that? I can't remember the wrestler. He had surgery on his leg and it caused a blood clot oh, and killed him. I'm just speaking about wrestling. Are you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm just speaking about wrestling. The thing that I know more than you about... Yeah. Undertaker, Rikishi, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Show. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. All trademarks owned by WWE. Ultimate Warrior.org. Yeah. Ronda Rousey. Mm. Paige. Ultimate Warrior. Well done, you're naming wrestlers. <laughs> Paige? Uh. Booker T! Booker T was one of the main characters in a GBA, uh, no, Game Boy Color game that I owned. I didn't really like wrestling, but I got WWE, WWF Mayhem. Is it Mayhem or WWE or WWF Mayhem? It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. WWE Betrayal. It's a betrayal. Yeah. I was way off. Really good, though. Did you ever play that? Stephanie McMahon gets kidnapped. Yeah, and you have to, like, it's like a side on, like, Double Dragon, but you just have, like, one-on-one matches. And Stone Cold Steve Austin goes, I'll rescue her. Yeah. Which he wouldn't. No. (laughs) No, that's... Oh, that's some news. He's a fucking monster. Is he? Have you heard about Vince McMahon? Not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, we know all the stuff of Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar and yeah, the sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay because John Cena said sometimes um, people like you know have bad sides to them, and you just have to you know respect that they've got their own thing going on. That doesn't yeah. sound it's good. Not- isn't that, is, that doesn't it's wrestling, good. baby. Like that doesn't sound good, Ann. Did yeah. he say that? Yeah, something. But, uh, Jesus Christ! I liked John Cena. They're all inbred. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, so yeah, he's a fucking monster. I hope he dies. Although he does look like a French detective's um, French detective's um, suspect, doesn't he? Now he's like dyed his hair brown, and he's got like a little tash. He looks like he looks like a Nazi. He you looks know, like a 1920 strongman. Yeah, you no, know, yeah, that's like the Vaughan villains. No, he looks like a German, like you know, like the Nazi that wears a suit to the camp instead mm. of the out the like uniform. He's like saying hello. He looks like a fruity early 1920s um, surrealist painter. Yes, like a Salvador Dali if he discovered yeah. HGH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's who the Rock's going to play for a 24. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so any news? There's news. There's some news. PS5 has reached its late later stage in life now. So apparently, Sony are looking at the looking at new consoles now. Microsoft mm, yeah. are giving games to Sony and Nintendo now. Yeah, what games? What amazing? Grounded to Switch. Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, and Grounded. Yeah, not, and not exactly... And Thieves to the PS5. Not exactly all the people were thinking they were going to be bringing out Halo and Forza. I thought more that they might put the Game Pass app on Switch. No, 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 they won't. They'll they'll release games on the other consoles, and they'll be like, hey, you can play Halo on PS5 today for $70, or... Game Pass Day 1. You can get Game Pass. Have you seen that Call of Duty's coming straight to Game Pass next year? Yeah, probably. That's going to be interesting. Do um, not. But Switch 2's coming out. Yeah. And there there might be an announcement soon. Oh, wow. About Switch 2. Oh. <gasps> no. Man, are you going to get one? 
I mean, probably. If it's backwards compatible, I'll get one straight away. If it's not, then I'm going to wait a while. It probably will be. You reckon? Yeah. I hope so, because I just... I've got quite a backlog. <laughs> Mil- move to drink some milk. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get through it. I've been doing this thing where I complete it's a game... pronounced fruit. What? It's pronounced fruit. What is? Through it. Oh. Oh. Oh, uh, okay. I'll help with your constipation. Yeah. And your scurvy. Fibre. The scurvy isn't so bad nowadays. I think once you lose most of your teeth, you're okay. Once you get over that hill, it's all smooth sailing. Or at least your food is, because you have to basically baby bird it into my mouth nowadays, don't you? Mm. Speaking of baby birds... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So we watched... We watched some Balut. Yeah, we watched some videos about Balut. See, I knew about Balut, and I've seen people eat it, and it's gross. There's an episode of Fear Factor where they... Oh, no. There used to be a YouTube channel called Tasted, where they had, like, a professional chef would review junk food that was being released. I showed you a few episodes where the guy was like, oh, I'm eating this, and I feel fucking disgusting straight away. This makes me feel bad inside. Why am I eating this? Why am I going for another one? I'm eating another one. I feel even worse. It's like basically like that. But they, they fed no the review, office. Bro, is he? Pardon? No review, bro. I don't know what that is. He's that guy who wears a suit and he's got the. Little oh, the weird again. Yeah. Looks like a Nazi kid. He's alright. He is alright. He's, he's, I don't think he is a Nazi. I don't think he just has this weird little niche market where he reviews stuff. But yeah, no. But this was like an office thing, and it was like attached to another channel. I think it was who used to be. Um, they're now part of IGN. I can't remember the name of them. Anyway, doesn't matter. Cineflex. Cineflex. They used to be part of of um, this company. They worked long time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. And we're all dying. You're going to you're gonna fucking love this, Ant. I'm going to review a thing first this week. And then you're yeah. going to review a thing. Yeah. Then I'm going to review a thing. Then you're going to review another thing. And I'm going to review a thing. And then you're going to review another thing. And I'm going to review a thing. And then you're going to fuck off and die. Mm-hmm. Um, after reviewing an eighth thing. Because yeah. you do four each. Yeah. Now, I'm going to review something yeah. that you'll probably have things uh-huh. to say about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shut up and yeah. listen first, yeah? That's good, yeah. Polite. Yeah. Polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My review first. Uh-huh. Oh, and also, yeah. you score things with with vague responses. You don't give an official score or tell people to play it or, or watch it or any of that. You just say, like, this is what it was. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Whereas I review things because at some point you prompted me to do this using actors to vaguely determine my opinions of it. And now my One brain's day you're broken. Gonna meet Kate Blanchett and now she's my brain be upset is you. broken, Ant, because I actually said the other day, oh, that was a bit of a... That was a bit of a... Um, uh, I can't even remember his name. Oh, God, no, the, it's broken. Anyway, I reviewed something and I said it was a bit of a... Uh, M- Matthew, no. Matthew, Matthew Modine. Modine. Yeah. I said it was a bit of a Matthew Modine. Matty Modis, yeah. yeah. And Liv understood immediately what I was saying, and I was like, oh, I've broken everyone's brain. Everybody close to me is getting second-hand mm. brain damage from me existing. What do you think Borderlands is going to get? I actually... Right, so I am... I am... Everyone's upset about it as if Borderlands was some really good story. Why are they upset point. about it? It looks looks all right. It looks like Borderlands, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, no. Why have they got an old woman playing... <sighs> what's her face? Lilith, like... It's Kate Blanchett. What are you fucking complaining yeah. about? Don't you fucking complain um, about? Kate I haven't Blanchett. seen any of the. I haven't seen any of this vitriol. I am hesitantly yeah. excited. They're upset that Tannis is played by um, 
Really? Jamie Lee Curtis. Because Tannis is like a young woman in the thing, isn't it? Uh, they just, they just, they're just upset that the casting's weird. Well, no, because I, I was when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense that Kevin Hart plays Roland because Roland's like tiny, and like in the game, he's he's short. Like that's the whole thing. He's so serious though. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be. And also, like, he does crack jokes in the original game. It doesn't matter. None of this fucking matters. I actually think it looks all right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to say this, because Cliffy B is the guy who did magic and then left child porn in a fucking... Is it not? That's not Cliffy B. Who was that? It's friggin' Randy Pitchford. Oh, which one's Randy Pitchford associated with? Borderlands. Oh, so Randy Pitchford's the one who left the child porn in... uh, Yeah, which was research. Oh, it was research. Yeah, it was research. So, sorry, Cliffy B. I'm sorry, mate. Cliffy B did, yeah, he's he's gears, yeah, he gears wall guy. Oh uh, no, that guy's all right, isn't he? Me, I don't know. Randy Pitchford's a pedophile, though. Like, how does he leave child porn in a medieval themed fast food restaurant and not go to prison after going? Oh yeah, that's that's more child. It's porn. Research he used the um, Pete Townsend defence. What was Jimmy Page's defence of chaining a thirteen-year-old girl up in his basement? Research for a book. Into what? A book. Just for a book. What is it with all these white Science. guys getting away with CP? <laughs> Cheese pizza? <laughs> I was going to say cheesing piss, but okay. <laughs> Alright, my review first. And I'm going to review a thing, you'll have an opinion, so shut the fuck up. I have no opinion. I saw The Iron Claw. Alright. Do you know anything about this family wrestler? So Zach Efron's new chin. Yeah. yeah, the Von Erich family. My favourite wrestlers when I was a kid was Kerry Von Erich, the really? Texas Tornado. Oh. He had one foot. Yeah. He had a, he had a fake leg. How did you foot. feel when he killed him? <laughs> Spoilers. That was like 1990, yeah. 92. Yeah. So this I mean, is a- he got rid of part of the holy trinity of um, technical wrestlers at the time. It was him, Mr. Perfect, and Bret Hart were like the, the kings of technical wrestling. Yeah, he... A lot of what he did and the way that he learned to wrestle again and distribute his weight and do things was like... People thought that that was, that was going to be like a big thing because at first he was told to hide it and like... You wouldn't know he wrestled with a... Fake leg. With a missing foot. He said he's from like his ankle... Yeah, he had a no. motorcycle accident. Uh, so, Farming accident, wasn't it? No, it was a motorcycle accident. So um, so this is the story of the Von Erich family. Um, the Iron Claw, it starts with us seeing um, the dad wrestling in an arena and the boys afterwards like coming out to find that he brought them a new trailer and like he was talking about how like if he's going to be a star, he needs to act like a star and start spending like a star. That's what his manager tells him. Spent his money on a big chin. Yeah. What's and, going on with Zac Efron? He apparently he like collapsed at some point, smashed his chin against a like a rock, yeah, a rock thing. Like he had like um, what's it called? A fireplace, a rock fireplace. And you know, like you have like the awning at the bottom. Just just, just fell over. He smacked it. We passed out, smacked his chin on it, and apparently his mum found him like passed out on the floor, covered mm. in blood, and then he had like reconstructive mm. surgery. It looks cosmetic to me, yeah, but I don't know for sure. So I'm not I'm not gonna say I don't give a fuck if someone wants to do something to their Play face. He-Man. Yeah, he could play He-Man. He's tiny and he's got weird hair. Um, got square head. So anyway, so this is the Von Erich family. And um, we see the dad and he's he's a wrestler and he's he's just, he's not the star he wants to be. But cut to a few years later and you see the brothers and he is essentially just raising a little army of wrestlers. So you've got, um, so you've got Zac Efron, you've got the dude from the bear. 
Oh, fuck's sake. I'm going to get the names up because this is going to be... Kerry Von Erich. Yeah. Um, Eric Von Erich. Yeah. Flemo McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Gummo. <laughs> Shemp. Shemp, yeah. Um, I can't remember. I used to like so it's, it's Kevin, Kerry, Lance, Kerry. and David. And then there's also um, Mike. Is it Mike? Mm. One of their daughters is wrestling nowadays. Apparently she's not very good. I don't know much about her. Yeah, Mike Von Eric. So yeah, basically they're all there's this this dynasty of wrestling is what he's trying to create. He's trying to create these these wrestlers that will go on to be infamous and they're all aiming to get the heavyweight heavyweight champion. In the beginning, it looks like Kevin is on the cusp of it because he's wrestling. Well, the way to get it back then was to start your own regional wrestling promotion. Just give yourself a heavyweight championship. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was going for like the uh, it was like the initial stages of what we would know as like the WWE or something like that. It was in NWA. NWA thing back in the day. Um, so basically, yeah the 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 family have different members with different levels of success. Zac Efron sort of seems to be the lower tier. Mm. He is wrestling in the mainstream, but he's not like winning a lot of matches and he's playing the heel a lot almost like he is he's often taking the losses against bigger name wrestlers well, um, um, and then his brother Kevin is wrestling in the Olympic team the gold medal team but yeah. sadly because of what's happening in Russia I believe at the time they refuse to wrestle and other events go forward but the wrestling doesn't because I think that was when the doping scandal was happening as well with yeah, Russia yeah. initially so everybody so he comes back and then he starts sort of Shooting for a match against um, Ric Flair. Woot. Meanwhile, one of the younger get brothers, a, probably the only per- the match find the only person who couldn't do a Ric Flair impression to play. Yeah, he's not great. <laughs> one of the younger brothers, Lance, I saw that clip. Lance is um, so Lance is is about to head off to Japan. He's going to do a six month tour in Japan, and basically just just build up the family reputation, and then also come back and he's going to base he's going to like be part of this. NWA Wrestling League and take on Ric Flair and go for a heavyweight title. He dies two weeks into that tour mm. in Japan um, from endotromitis, endometriitis. Mm. It's basically like an intestinal... His intestines are fucked, where he's been just wrestling and forcing forcing more like forcing himself to wrestle while injured. Now, Kevin Von Erich, played by... Played by... Um, played by... No, not Kevin... Yeah, Kevin Von Erich, played by Zac Efron. Hmm. Um, he sees his brother before he goes on tour, vomiting blood into a toilet, and on his brother's request, doesn't tell anyone, which he then blames himself for the death of his brother, and starts talking about this family curse. There's this idea the Von Erich family occurred. I saw someone left a bad review because they said there wasn't actually a curse. No, it's not. As in, no, like... As in, like, they thought there was going to be a witch that puts a curse <laughs> on the family? No, like... It is very much the dad is just an abusive asshole, mm-hmm. and the curse is just him. He is the curse on this family. So, um, so Kevin, Kevin, take uh, sorry, no, Kerry takes the place of of Lance and fights Ric Flair when he's back in the US, mm. and he he wins on celebrating after winning against Ric Flair. He drives his motorcycle drunk and loses a foot. He then has to retrain. It's probably in a bush. Yeah, he has to retrain as a wrestler and then starts building up some notoriety, but then becomes horribly depressed. Meanwhile, their brother Mike injures his shoulder. Mike doesn't want to be a wrestler. He actually wants to be a musician and he's like semi-decent at being a musician. 
and he does have some traction as a musician. But the dad country. forces him. No, he's like he's like folk. <laughs> it's just like freaking hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mother trucker. Um, he, like and um, gangster rap. I'm gonna and, be a gangster rap's the dad. Okay, and he has a shoulder injury and has been has, gets put under to have like the shoulder injury repaired. Common injury in sports, and ends up getting goes into a coma, and because his temperature rises so much, he has brain damage when he comes out of it. And the dad is like, "You can wrestle again. You've got to wrestle again." And he has to have a press conference in front of people with his brother, saying, "Oh yeah, he's he's thinking about getting back in the ring. He might do it again." And like you see him struggling to do up his shirt, and he's struggling to like play guitar again. And then one day he just goes and kills himself. And like, and they're all talking again. It's like it's the curse. It's the curse. No, it's the dad driving him to go and fucking wrestling again after he's almost died. Yeah, you wouldn't get passed for medical nowadays. No. And then Kerry, the- Kerry starts getting some success. Kerry's the one that you actually yeah, like, Texas the tornado, with, yeah, yeah. And he he starts getting some success, and then he he's goes spinning discus punch. He goes home one day to his dad around Christmas, and he goes, "I got you a gift," and the gift he's bought him is a gun. And he's bought it as, like, a way to try and negate the curse of the family. And he says, Dad, do you want to go out back and shoot the gun? That's, like, a big thing, because it's meant to be good luck. When you get a gun in the US, you shoot the gun once. It's meant to be, like, a good luck thing. And he thinks this is going to negate the curse. It's going to break the curse. The dad refuses to shoot the fucking gun. Because the dad's, like... I don't, firstly, he doesn't want to buy into the superstition. And secondly, he doesn't. he doesn't believe in guns. Like, he's, like, in a weird way, he's, like, very much like... They don't exist. No, no, he's more in the way, like, he believes in his own physical power. He doesn't think that someone should have to have something to to do something to someone else. He feels, like, under his own strength. And he's, like, he's very much up his own arse. He's very egotistical. And uh, Kerry ends up one day calling Kevin and saying, I'm losing it. The darkness is coming in. I can't stop this. And ends up shooting himself the next day. (laughs) Kevin runs home, finds the dead body just like a few mm. minutes after he's done it and he and he almost chokes his dad to death and like and he just like leaves the situation and and like it, there's like a weird thing at the end where it's like they were inducted into the wrestling hall of fame and i just thought that's kind of really fucking grim why would you do that like you don't so you can sell tickets to wrestlemania but you don't induct him into this. You, you. This is a cautionary tale of abuse and like how this shit is wrong and bad and like. And yeah, but just, they had to sell tickets to the Hall of Fame thing before yeah. the day before WrestleMania, and if you put the Von Erics on there, people will go to the Hall of Fame thing and give Vince McMahon money. So I'd never so, heard of I'd never heard of this family because I mm-hmm. didn't follow wrestling that that big and like. Freaking Chavo Guerrero's in this play in um, freaking Iron Sheik. Yeah, he died last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was um fucking hilarious on Twitter. Freaking hated Hulk Hogan. Yeah, everybody hates Hulk Hogan though. Did you see Hulk Hogan recently turned up to his son got arrested for a DUI and Hulk Hogan Again. turned up to try and stop him getting taken away. He's just a yeah. fucking he's a racist his piece son, of shit. Um, crippled his someone in a car accident. He was, yeah. The guy's got a big old chunk of his skull missing. Now whole family's fucking dis- well no actually that's that's wrong his daughter has really separated herself from the family and his ex-wife doesn't want anything to fucking do with him rightly mm. so he's just a fucking scumbag um but anyway yeah this is it's a very strange film to watch because it like everyone in it's really good Holt mm. Holt um I can't remember his fucking name but he's the guy from Mindhunter 
you'd know him if you saw him. He's also a bad guy in The Losers and like loads of shit like that. He's like one of those people that Holt McClanny, Callany, Holt McCallany. but he's on like he's on everything like. And he's he's just a very prolific actor, and he's very good. And especially as a dad, like the stoic, like he he looks the part. He, if you if you were gonna like draw a joking picture of someone who is like a stoic asshole dad in like the US in the eighties, you draw this guy, and everyone else just fucking kills it. It's just it's so it's so dark and depressing, and it's like at times difficult to watch like everybody is so strong but you don't the problem is you don't spend a lot of time with the individual characters you spend a lot of time with Zac Efron I know that he's like the he's the the drawer of this because he's the big name actor but like there are people like the guy from the bear is in this and he bulked up massively for this barely in it like you don't see him a lot and and it's for the next series of the bear <laughs> where he finally fights the bear <laughs> Hulk smash Right. the bear. Um, it's about. It like the whole thing is the whole thing is is it's it's like wrestling. It's a spectacle. It's 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 something that you can't look away from. It is like a car crash, but you're you're often unlike in unlike in a car crash where you don't like you see the carnage for a second, you instantly regret being so feverishly trying to see it. In this, you don't so much want to see what's happened to the people. You want to see the lead up more. You want to know who these people were. You don't want to just see the carnage. And that's kind of what this is. You just are seeing the sadness. It's just very hard to look away and you see all the disaster and horribleness, much like the film Ready to Rumble. I like Ready to Rumble. It's a bad film, but I don't mind. <laughs> it's a bad film, but David Arquette's energy in that movie. You just can't stop looking away. It's like David Arquette's terrific. energy in that movie. And Oliver Platt's really good. Oliver Platt barely remembers being in that film. I know, I know. He's really good. He was drunk the whole way through, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He's really good in it, though. Um, but yeah, The Iron Claw, it's it, it's one of those films that just... Like, there's... Booker T was in that film. What, The Iron Claw? No, Reggie's Rumble. Oh. Um, <laughs> do you know why was in The Iron Claw? I'm sure I would have noticed if one of the extras was a six-foot-four black dude built like a tank. Um... But no, like, The Iron Claw is just, it's such an interesting story. And I do just, like, I wish they'd spent a little bit more time just on the characters individually, like, seeing their lives and seeing a bit more of it. Like, Jeremy Allen White, who's the guy from The Bear, he, when he turns up at the end with a gun and stuff, and you're like, you you can see that this is going somewhere very dark and horrible, but you don't necessarily feel the impact of that so much as you would if you'd spent as much time with him as you did with, with Zac Efron, but again, Zac Efron's the draw, and that's the problem. Um, do they do that thing where they pretend wrestling's real? No. No? No, like, they show the toll it has on people, and like, how exhausting it is, and how physical de- physically demanding it is, because it is like, it's like dancing, isn't it? You're just constantly using cardio and strength to like, just lift people, basically. Trying to see who's playing various wrestlers in here. I like that two of them, Silas Mason, Devin Amber are just the fabulous Freebirds. Let's say which ones. Only Michael Hayes gets his name on the credit. Michael Hayes, um, yeah, regularly sexually abuses the younger women wrestlers in the organisation. That has gone on record multiple times. Jesus fucking Christ! Um, but yeah, I think I think someone like yourself, you'd get a lot more out of this because you know uh, MJF's in it. You don't know MJF. He plays Lance. I think that <laughs> I think that you would get a lot more out of a film like this than I did. Mm-hmm. 
the film no, I'll itself. I watch it eventually. I'm, uh, the film itself, yeah. like the film itself, is really well shot and well made. It's just the problem is that timeline. There's a lot of expectation that you know the the middle, you know some of the history in between. So some of the deaths aren't as impactful as they were. I found oddly enough, I found Mike's most impactful. The younger brother who. He he just he's in a lot of scenes because a lot of them are set at home and he's at home with Kevin and um, and Lance. But once Lance leaves and then Kevin comes back and stuff, you've spent majority of your time with Mike and and Kerry. Oh, Kevin, sorry. And you just sort of you do sort of you you see that journey. You see him like they go to a party with him. They're like they like sneak out with him and they all go to a party. And like he's playing guitar and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, he's actually really fucking good, isn't he?" It's like, "Yeah, we're all performers." And it's like, maybe Dad will let him pursue this music thing. He could do the music for the wrestlers coming yeah. to the ring. But they just like, like they, it's touched on. Like they see everything through the guise of what their dad will and will not allow. Mm. And then when he's wrestling, and he goes, "Ah, oh, my shoulder, my shoulder," and you like, he goes to hospital, and you think nothing of it. And then it's like, what happened to him? They should have challenged their dad to a um, tag team steel cage match. Obviously one of the brothers would have to side with the dad. Oh no, Zach um, Efron like pull off. chokes him like a bitch. Um, and then you have a tag team steel cage match. Big and dramatic. Um, Kerry Von Eric does a flying elbow off the top of the cage. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'd book. Um, it is like, again, loser leaves the family. So, so um, this is one of those films that because some of the information that you need to like really feel the impact of the story you don't you don't get like um, so Kerry and his missing leg thing it he refused to use it like a gimmick no, he basically no, no. didn't want to be treated like anything other than another person wrestling I know he didn't lose much of it but they touch on it in this film and there's a very very difficult scene where he's trying to learn how to replace his weight on his foot again because it's mm. his right foot I think so. He starts doing a spin as discus punches his finisher. Yeah. Because it's a nice spin around. And he only needs one leg to centre his weight. You can pivot on the one. But, like, you see him trying to train again with Zac Efron, and he's, like, fucking broken by it. Mm. And it's such an interesting idea. And he was, like... I think, like, if if he had been... If it had been more of like a centre point to his wrestling, he would have it would have been treated. He probably like could have made a film just about him. Yeah, like entirely just about him. That's what I'm most interested about because he gave interviews post the accident mm. and said like, "Oh yeah, I've wrestled for years with it." Yeah, yeah. he didn't. He, like five years or so, I think. And like, he was like, like, like 87, I think. Like 86, 87, I think yeah. the accident happened. The film compresses the time down apparently. Like yeah, not it, like that's not changing problem. the years, but it makes it. It doesn't. It, Skips over years yeah. of because you don't see any of his post like lost career. You just see him mm. training, and I know that's mm. because like it's an indie film. It is like an indie film. Like it's got big name stars in it, but it is an indie film, and you feel that throughout it. But it's just it's still just like I'd catch up on some wrestling movies. I need to watch Fighting with My Family. That's not bad. It's with, not bad. Uh, the Rock, Vince. They Vince. could do a sequel to that, Vince and it could Lord. be a really harrowing drama because yeah, Paige's life after awfully. that was like. Yeah. Yeah, the whole marriage to fucking what's his face. You can get Eddie Florence Pugh back in. No, she was she was married to I can never remember his freaking name because he's an asshole. Um no Armando Alejandro Estrada, another guy. Yeah. But um Yeah, he was like freaking married to him and he was abusive and shit. Yeah. Um there's a whole sex tape thing with Paige. But like and Florence Pugh would get him out for that, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, so, prestige so drama. the Iron Claw. I'm surprised this hasn't been nominated for an Oscar because I think that I think that um, did not get any nominations no, at all? None at all. Was it? Um, didn't get a screenplay at a nope. nomination. Nope, nope, nope. 
Really? Um, not that I saw when I went through all of the because I just I like I said I just did my Oscar non betting with Liv, so I've just done all that. And uh, I didn't see it on there. But yeah, um Zach Efron, really good. He's always quite solid and stuff. Yeah. I watched him did you see that film Gold? That you you made the film a few years uh, ago? High School Musical. Yeah, it's great. Um get Gold. Get, no, no, gotta no, get no. you yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold's like a post apocalypse, like really small story where it's just a guy is paying to be driven across what used to be Australia to this camp where they just have people work for food and water. And as they're travelling through, he stops to take a piss. As he's taking a piss, he sees something like glistening. And it's this massive block of gold. And they're like, even now this is worth a fuck ton of money. We can have all the water, all the food we want. We can live off of this. And he's like, you stay here. I'm going to go get the tool so we can excavate it. And then we'll take it and get some money. So he stays with it. And it's just like him surviving for three or four days in like the, the heat. And like it's him dealing with this wasteland. And it's and he's really good. He's just, he's one of only like six characters in the whole film. And he's just fucking really solid in it. Um, but yeah, just the Iron Claw. I'm, I'm going to give it a, a Helen Mirren because I just feel like this film was, I think it was two hours. It could have done with another half hour or an hour. It could have been a really long movie. I know that like long movies, I don't always like them. But I mean, I It's hard to get a wrestling movie like yeah. made. This is done, like people really like this though. No, it's cool. Yeah, it's won a bunch of awards. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, so I bought this, um, I did my usual thing where I buy it off Amazon US. I think it was like $10 for the digital copy. Mm. And like the moment I started watching, I was like, oh, this is fucking, this is interesting. Because it does go straight into um, Holt McCallanary. I can't fucking say his name. It goes straight into him in the middle of a wrestling ring, 60 years old, looking like he's like fucking worked out for this. Like proper like going at this other dude. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is like, it wasn't that shitty digital de-aging stuff. It's just that actor. But they've got it in black and white because it's like back in the day. And I fucking love that. Like as soon as I see a film working within the confines of the budget and not trying to do stupid shit mm. and just being like, look, we got 20 mil. This is the past. This is the future. Future's in colour. Past in black and white. He's obviously a shit person with money and he's not very good at managing himself. So he's listening to his manager and his manager's shit. He's going to get better in the future. And then it cuts to a bunch of big boys wearing crop tops around the breakfast table. Just let me make a wrestling... I want to make a wrestling movie. <coughs> do a wrestling movie about Dusty Rhodes. But I'd focus primarily on the time his muffler fell out. Um, a muffler is a, a big wad of tissue you stick down your ass crack. Yeah. So all the sweat just gets absorbed by the tissue when you're wrestling. So it doesn't come through your um, Jesus. thing. And there's a match... He's in the match with I can't remember who it was. He's in the ring with, but it gets picked up for a suplex and everything. And the muffler falls out of his ass on the floor. And just like so, there's this big old sweaty brown thing. And he just apparently he just says to the other wrestler, "I think my muffler fell out." <laughs> <laughs> so I I recently film I want to see. after watching this, I I had like a very sad bit where I was like going for old Roddy Rowdy Piper. Hmm. Um, Stuff because I fucking loved him when I was a kid. I loved They Live and I loved all that shit. So I was like, yeah, this is great. And I went back and I watched. Have you seen Always Sunny? They're doing a podcast where they review yeah, every yeah, episode. Yeah. They were talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper being on set. They were like, he was so sweet. He's like the sweetest guy in the world. No, he's, he's really he's nice. A and you know the jacket that he was wearing in the episode? That's his actual jacket. Yeah. And in a moment, there's like a moment where he pulls a gun out. And they go, that was his gun. The freaking family gave that to Ronda Rousey to wear to the ring. Really? Once for 
Lord knows what reason. She knew him. Yeah. But like, really? But so they were saying like... The turf, Ronda Rousey. The gun was actually his. Yeah. And he had it because he used to be really friendly with fans. And like, he just never cared. Like he'd just get up close to people and like, he'd be like really sweet with them. And then one day he went up to a fan and they just stabbed him with a little knife a bunch of times. So he had the gun in his pocket in case he met any crazy fans. But he loved those guys. Like they were saying like he was, he was always just the best person. And like they had him back for like, I don't know if you remember when they get stuck in the Ponzi schemes. Yeah. yeah. And he comes back fucking the Nutra Berries. And like, he comes up and he's like, he's like, oh, you, you guys have to meet our new salesman of the year. He's a real dynamo, this guy. He goes, hi there, fellas. How you doing? And like, like, oh, wait, wait, the maniac's in whole flow. We've got it. He goes, oh, you boys are always so good to me. When you see him interviewed around the time, he's so polite and like he does not speak like that. But in the episodes, that voice he puts on is just so perfect. Woody Piper's one of the best there ever was. He was... Uh, have you played... You know, I don't know if you played Saints Row 4. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bit where... Um, <laughs> there's a whole bit where you just played Keith from David, They Live. Yeah. Yeah. The fight from They Live, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But he, his voice work in that never misses a beat. Like, he's just... Yeah. It's such a shame he's not there anymore. But yeah. Uh, your review, Ant. I just spent 40 minutes talking about wrestling. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, right. I'm going to talk about it for a little bit because I haven't played much of it. I haven't had enough time on it. But um, Tomb Raider 1 to 3 remastered. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's really good. There you go. Right. So, <laughs> no, they, they've done, they got the guys who did the Open Lara project, which is like a thing to basically port Tomb Raider to a bunch of different formats. They've done a version that works on the 32X and Game Boy Advance and stuff, yeah. barely. Um, but that guy has been involved in this. And it is a proper Tomb Raider remaster. It's the sort of thing where it's not one of those ones where they've gone, ah, oh, let's try and hide all the things that the original game, you know, shortcomings or whatever. You know when you get those three, the PS1 era games? Oh, yeah, where they've smoothed And they them. remaster them and they, they go out of their way because they don't really re-release PS1 games. They, like, that sort of era seems to be like this era that no one seems interested in bringing back, even though loads of people love it. I think Capcom are the only they people remake that really them. remake stuff, yeah. Yeah, they always remake it rather than, like, give us the game. And this one, it's got, like, the improved graphics mode. <laughs> yeah. But even that's, like, Xbox 360 level. They haven't gone too far. They've kept it feeling retro. Oh, okay. Because the geometry stays the same. The geometry from the original game stays exactly the same when you change the graphics. Yeah. It's still all very simple, meter-by-meter cube-based and it doesn't, doesn't change the uh, the feel of anything. So no. everything still feels. The only difference is the camera moves a little bit higher when you're in the in the newer graphics. Oh, okay. It drops down slightly to the original perspective. Um, yeah, this this it does affect the gameplay slightly because they've used sort of more natural lighting in the remastered graphics, which makes bad. some sometimes it makes areas kind of hard to read. But then you can press the back button; it switches to the retro graphics, and it's a bit easier to look at. Mm. I find I've, I've been skipping back and forth between the two quite often, just to if I'm having trouble reading the geometry on an area because there's a lot more shadow in an area mm-hmm. than there is in the original version. Like the lighting's entirely different; they didn't try to recreate the original game's lighting. They went for something that felt more modern in that lighting. It's probably easier in engine, isn't mm. it? But um, yeah, it controls exactly the same as the original. One. There is modern controls, but I haven't even tried them because. 
those original Tomb Raider controls are like muscle memory for me. It's like, I was going to say, it's, I think that that's that's like me going back to the original Resident Evil for you because mm. the original Resident Evil, I just I'm like, yeah, fine, that's great. I've always loved how the original Tomb Raiders play because they're they're not they're not you know modern action games like Tomb Raider and Uncharted are like they're roller coaster rides yeah. you run through. When you do a jump over from over a big gap, the game's deciding whether you're going to make it or just make it and. You know, it's like this has been pre-scripted for you to just grab the edge of it just slightly, even though you've jumped gaps that size a bunch of times in other points in the game and stuff. Whereas this, it's like a metre-by-metre grid. If Lara's standing still and jumps forward, she will jump one metre forward. Yeah. If, you know, if you don't quite make it, you'll if you're a little bit short, she'll grab the ledge because you jumped from a slightly earlier point in the jump. If you need to jump further, you jump back, run forward and jump, and you'll jump at the end of the metre. Like, you run forward and press square. She doesn't jump the moment you press square. She presses square at the end of the metre. So it's all done on metre, might be metre block. So your jump is always exactly the same distance. You'll jump two metres when you do a running jump, you see. Oh, I so see. So you got to, you plot out your movement, and then there's things like, if you want to get extra height, and there's an angled wall behind you that you would normally slide down, you can backflip onto that, and mm. then jump off of it, and you'll get an extra bit of height for a jump. You can do that really early on, on the first stage. There's like a little hidden area at the start where there's like an outcropping that's at a 45 degree angle if you jump on it you slide down if you jump on it and then do a back forward flip mm. you'll land up on the platform at the top see okay see? It's, it's all cleverly designed stuff like that um, you I can still do all your little tricks like if you hold the walk button when you go up to a ledge and climb up it she'll do the handstand off the ledge yeah little things like that and they're nice um, they didn't do anything to change the combat which is probably the one thing they may be that most I mean most remasters probably would have changed the combat alone. They probably would have put on a lock-on system and, like, you know, some strafing move or something. Because the combat in Tomb Raiders, in the old ones, is literally... She automatically starts shooting at the targets when you pull in, when you pull the trigger. She just aims for them, and you just jump around the place and dodge them, doing black flips and whatever. Hmm. So it's, it's very clumsy combat, but it was how the game was designed back then. Um, it gets ropier in the later games when you have enemies with guns, because in the first one you don't really have many enemies with guns doesn't happen too often. It's more animals you fight in the first one. Yeah, it's mostly like dinosaurs and shit, isn't it? Wait, it's one dinosaur. It's like I thought it was the Velociraptor is that a sequel. <laughs> I can't remember. It's all tigers and bears and wolves and bats and stuff in the first one. Um, there's a shark in Tomb Raider 3, I think it is. But um, yeah, I haven't played in as a Tomb Raider 2 or 3 yet. I've been playing the first one. Um, they haven't done much to they'd put no autosave in there. There's no concessions to make it easier. I think it would be nice if there was an auto-save one option. Like, just if even if it just saved at the start of each level, because it doesn't. If you don't remember to save and you die four levels in, you're starting from the start of the game again. Um, they have changed the save system, though. In the original Tomb Raider on consoles, and I think on, P- on PC as well you could save whenever you wanted, but on consoles there was crystals, and you walked up to a crystal and that was your save point. Oh, yeah. They're floating around. Then on Tomb Raider 2 and 3, I think it was. You had the circular menu and you saved on yeah. there. You just had the... When Tomb Raider 2 and 3, you collected crystals. Well, so you collected a certain amount of crystals. You could save whenever you wanted on those ones. Oh, okay. But in the first one, they were at predetermined points. Like, there's a jump early on where if you miss the jump, you'll land in a pit with a bear in it. And it's your first, like, if you mess up, you might die moment in the game. And there was a save crystal in front of that in the original version. But um, they've made it so you can just save whenever you want on this one. Um which is, you know, handy, but it would be nice if there was an autosave. That's the only thing I think maybe they could have added. But gameplay-wise, plays just like the original, and it's a really respectful, well-made thing. They haven't... They didn't mess up the textures. They've, they've like, 
the gate, the levels themselves, the original graphics look like the original graphics. They look like they did on PC at the time. Um, it's not like the PS One version where everything's wobbly and broken up and stuff because it did a lot. Um, actually, Saturn was the original well, version, but well, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, they've made it. They, all they've done is made it widescreen and higher resolution. Mm. Um, the frame rate drops when you turn to the retro graphics, which is interesting though. Goes to the thirty or the yeah, twenty four or whatever. It drops it was. to thirty. Because it was a weird 16. frame rate that game, wasn't it? it then PS One back then, PS One games were unstable as hell all yeah. the time. But the the fact it changes from sixty to thirty when you change the graphical settings is a bit weird. I don't know why they did that because if the game's all running off the same base code, which clearly is, mm. um, why would the frame rate change like that when you do that? Because the game must still be running at an internal tick rate that synchronizes between the two. Because actions are synchronised between them when you move from one graphic to the next, it's not like it's um, you know you're not like you choose what graphical setting you want from the start or anything. It'd be interesting if they just put a 60 frames per second option on there because apparently they're doing updates for it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's done a really good job. It's it's Tom Brader the way I like it. The cutscene CGI um, they've like seems like they've used an AI upscale on it. I noticed a lot of wobbling on. There's like telltale signs on AI upscaling when you get like where it can't really determine what the pixels are meant to be, so it just makes a wavy line run through. It's the always pixels. distance for me when something mm. approaches a character in the foreground and it pops forward. You see stuff like um, the cliff faces in the background in the Tibet part, and in the old pixelated graphics, even though they're like pixelated, your mind fills in the blanks. But on this, it's like it just interprets stuff as like a wavy line. And things like that. Um, I've noticed that with the Star Wars Dark Forces remaster that's coming out. I was watching some of the clips from that, and they looks like they've used AI to upscale the um, artwork in the 2D cutscenes in that game. They completely redid the intro on that Dark Forces remaster. It's completely re-CGI'd, but it looks retro. Oh, it's quite nice. I'm going to get that next week. Interesting choice. Um, but yeah, those Tomb Raider remasters great. It's 25 quid. Mm. Free games. It's not bad, is it? They're, they're not short games as well. They're like proper. You know, you, can, you have to get into them. It's got the expansions form as well that were on PC, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. And, you know, you get to run around Lara's mansion at the start and you can lock the butler in the freezer like you did in the old days. And he gets all cold. Mm. Unlike in the old days where he just sort of went like... <laughs> you can... Um, even the menus, you can switch between retro and modern graphics on the menus. Not really. Yeah, they just basically goes to the original style the menu original and then it's got like the, a modernised version of the same menu. Was the original menu... Oh, no, demo mode was where it was sweeping through the car, so if you left it too long. Or is that on the menu itself? No, no. It's always been just rotating items with a picture behind it. That's all they have had. Hmm. You remember the LucasAid advert with Lara Croft when she reaches into her bag and it brings up the menu and she picks the LucasAid to give herself a health boost... Use a red cross bag. They changed the red crosses to green crosses. They had to change that now because that was the original game had red crosses on the health packs, oh, and right. you're not meant to do that because it's a license for something. Have I got the original ones over? There? I've got one of the older Tomb Raiders, Tom Raiders. But um, no, they've done really good. It's spot on. Do they have they said anything about doing the other two? Someone said something about Last Revelation maybe being done. Yeah, because the fourth one. If they do that as like no one DLC. cares about Chronicles. No, well, yeah. Last Revelation was fun. It was skeletons instead of dinosaurs and shit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was in the desert. It was in Egypt. I remember Chronicles as well, but no one played that one on PS One. That came out pretty late, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably play rather play Chronicles before Angel of Darkness. So 
Because Chronicles was the one where it goes back in time through her history. Yeah, yeah, like teenage Lara. Yeah. Do you remember when they did that animated um, TV series that Mini Driver was going to voice Lara Croft in? No. And it was called Teen Raider, and they decided to not release that. They cancelled it at the last minute. Are you sure? Are you sure uh, Prince Andrew didn't sue them for he licensing? Bought rights? every copy. No licensing rights. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm the Teen Raider, yeah. international Teen Raider. Good old Mini Driver. Yeah. What's she like now, Dan? She's alright. Gross point blank. Yeah. Yeah, she was good in that. She's in, she's in Good Will Hunting. But not Good Will Hunting 2 hunting season. Applesauce boots. <laughs> I like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, it's a great I, film. I know that some people say that it's sexist and like not good now, but it was I liked it. And also it's only sexist because it's through the lens of Jay. Yeah, he's sexist, but not intentionally sexist. He's just dumb as fuck. I like, I like the fact that it's canon that Jay's bisexual, hmm. and at no point does he argue that fact. Well, he always describes Silent Bob as his hetero life partner. Yeah, it calls him lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> you remember in Dogma where Chris Rock comes up and goes, "If you're really from heaven, tell me something that's tell me something about me that nobody else knows." You masturbate more than any man alive. He goes, shit, tell me something I don't know. When you do it, you're thinking about guys. And he looks at something and goes, not all the time. <laughs> and there's the line. Jay has a great line in that where, not just gears. Gears is one of the best lines where they're driving the car smoking. What gear do you have in this? Gear! <laughs> and there's the there's a line where Chris Rock goes, Hey baby, can I borrow your jacket? And Silent Bob takes his jacket off and gives it to him and goes, Thanks, I'll try and tuck it back. And Jay goes, oh, Dude, this piece is going to be rubbing inside of your armour. <laughs> oh my god. Like the, um, my favourite line in that film is when they talk about the chat rooms online and Jay goes, What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> just like a joke because Kevin Smith was probably like we probably have to explain what chat rooms are for the old producers uh, <laughs> it's a great film no ticket I quite like the stuff I think the sequel's fine as well oh what it's not as good but no, it's, it's fun it's got like a surprising oh, Chris Hemsworth hologram yeah, I was going to say it's got the really touching Ben Affleck monologue <laughs> yeah and it's got a really good Chris Hemsworth was obviously just in a cupboard <laughs> riffing on a mono like riffing on a bunch of Please shit. Please don't touch the hologram. Yeah. I am real. Yeah, I am real. Uh, this is me, Chris Hemsworth. I'm just going to stand here for a minute and then, oh, I'm moving. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yep. Uh, and I think my five minutes are done and it just repeats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I um, I'm a big fan of big fan of the old Tomb Raider games. I think on the PlayStation, I didn't get as much. I didn't play them as much as like other people did because I, I think I, I think I had two and Last Revelations. Mm. Those are the only two I had. Um, and when I got older, like it was like Legends and Underworld and shit like that. No one's. I haven't seen anyone do a comparison between the first ones re the first one this remaster and anniversary, and anniversary. Mm. cuz that wasn't like a re that was a remake that was one where it was like it was in the legend reinterpreting edition. yeah my my version of that i have to play via the download content yeah. which can i play that i don't know cuz it's still available to download my xbox died i don't know if it was on my hard drive or not oh so i don't know if i can play it anymore it's yeah. not backwards compatible so no but bought, um that I, was interesting that one. i never finished that I bought Underworld on Steam. Ooh. Because I never I, finished Underworld. I couldn't. No. I, I didn't get far in it. I was playing on the Steam Deck. I just did not get into it. Mm. Um, okay. Legends I churned through. I'm thinking too many I Legends. I liked I really Legends. Liked yeah. Um, that was really good. 
Because it was weird, because they were like, they were like, oh, the control scheme for the other ones didn't fucking work after we went to the PS2. Hmm. Let's switch back to... Well, the PS2 one was... Um, dog shit. Yeah, it yeah. had tank control still, but the camera kept resetting oh, yeah, that positions. Was it. It kept, like, it, and it kept getting caught and shit. You'd be running around as yeah. Lara, like in the other ones, so it's behind her, but then you'd walk into a room and the camera would go up to a freaking high angle position. It would be a locked off position. And the freaking tank controls would still be operating the same way. Just horrible. Horrible friggin'. They tried to copy uh, Code Veronica in one of them. Mm. And Angel of Darkness was shite. Mm. But yeah, like, I... Legends had, like, a momentum thing. A really good momentum thing relating to the speed. So if you were mm. running forward and you stopped, it would take a beat to stop, like in yeah. the old games. And then, like, your jumps would be longer, like you were saying, two metres rather than one. But it would be, like, a little bit more complicated than that. I do remember jumping back into that game after ages of not playing it and not remembering how to throw the little hook out to swing on things. Oh, the bumper? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember how to do that. No. Um, <laughs> I never finished Shadow of Tomb Raider. I need to do that at some point. Oh, that was the third one? Yeah. The first one was all right. The second one, thought was, yeah. I liked the second one. The third one. one I liked more when I was playing it, but I didn't finish it. I liked the second one, but it... Like, started with some good momentum. Mm. Like, it was like, yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going, and then stops. And you're in that little village, that hub world. It was like a castle thing yeah. at the end, and it all glitched and then, out. And, and then it goes to the last bit. The first game, brilliant. Like, really good. Great reinvention in the series. The second one, fine. I really liked it, but I could see why people didn't. And the third one starts with one of the best set pieces I've ever fucking seen in a game. Or when Lara does a genocide. Yeah. It's insane. And it's like, it's okay, because she's British, and it's fine. No, 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 like, it's it's a full-on... Ge- oh, no, the, the, the second one... She's like, don't pull Russia. this thing out. Yeah, the second one's in Russia. Yeah. The third one starts with that bit where it's like, don't pull this thing out, because it'll the flood fucking, the entire the village. And the houses are moving. And she's like, yeah, but I really want it. It looks incredible, even mm. now, like, eight years after that game, like, six but, um, years after that game came out. That game actually had tombs, and he had set pieces, and yeah. it had, like... You'd come out of an area and have to climb up some friggin' massive rotating friggin' yeah, and like thing. you had like a you had like a, a sundial hmm. at the top where you had to readjust it, and then by adjusting it, it would change where platforms were that you'd have to go down. It was just really fucking really good, really solid yeah. game. Yeah, she had tombs. Yeah, um, she others in, but I never finished it. I got about halfway through. I need to start. I finished it and started someday. I can't remember if it's that one or the the middle one, the one about immortality. I think the second one. The second one's got that whole because um, there's that woman who wants it at the end she gets shot in the end and cutscene the third and one, they never mention it much in the third one what was the third one about at the end then um, Lara's a psychopath that's what the third no, one isn't about. it reversing time this third one I can't remember I can't remember I'm going to look it up um, but yeah no I fucking I, I genuinely I love I love those games a lot of fun with those yeah. Um, but yeah I, I might go into this I've been thinking about it but my backlog I just bought Inscription because I've been meaning to play that for fucking oh, ever. Yeah. I just bought that because it was on sale for like seven quid on um, on um, the Switch eShop. So I bought that. And then I also bought... Um, did you see they've released um, uh, Organ Trail, yeah. the complete edition on Switch? Are they? Yeah. For like three quid. I remember going to do a Let's Play of that and I was like, this won't take long. Um, <laughs> And then I happened to have one of my good ones that went for two hours. And you know what? That video took up hardly any space on the video I file. Had, it's I, like 200 megabyte. Do you know like one of those runs where like someone has dysentery every five mm. minutes? They're like, oh, they're cured. Oh, they got dysentery. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're better. I was like, fuck's sake. Organ Trail's great. Yeah, so I bought it on Switch, so I'm going to give that a go. Mm. Um, but that game is so easy to dip in and out of. 
Uh, but Inscription apparently has like a proper story mode, which I'm looking forward to because yeah. a lot of card games don't do that. Um, okay, my next review is going to be Pikmin 4. This is a game you bought me for my birthday Pikmin. in September. I can't play um, that Pikmin 1 or 2 last year. Oh, God. No, I've, I've still got my copy sealed in my room. Mm. But um, I loved Pikmin 4 when I started it, and then a lot of stuff came about. Like, I, I got Super Mario Wonder, and then I got fucking um, Super Mario RPG, and then also I was completing... Have you caught them all yet? Completing Dragon Quest Warriors 3, uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 3. Yeah. Like, basically it just fell under the fell under the wayside. I had it sitting there, I was planning to come back to it, and I just never got around to it. I've gone back to it now, I've almost 100%ed it. It is fucking spectacular. It is the best Pikmin game, which isn't surprising because it's the fourth one, so it's the fourth, fourth iteration. They've done a lot with the series and how everything works, but it is... When you've got, like, hundreds of Pikmin running around, yeah. and, like, you've got near-photorealistic-looking food at times, like, they have become... They've just gotten really good what at rendering, like, oranges, apples. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a big old ham. Oh, Who's a big old ham man? So ham covered in rum? No, it's not a rum ham. Rum ham. But like it's it's still it's still one of those things where and it's stupid, I know, and it is just it's praising a company for making a product. I get it, but I still get like that little that little bit where I'm like, oh cool, I found a GBA cartridge, or I've, I found a WaveBird controller. And well, they're like, heavy. Take it back. I sold mine. And um and like the actual story itself, it's there's a lot more going on in this one than there has been in previous games. So normally the format of these is a bit like Dead Rising, where you're on a clock, you've got a certain amount of time to escape the island, you've got to find stuff to repair your ship, but you can also find stuff to like get points during your run. In this one, you are part of a recovery mission. Initially, the problem is your ship's damaged, you repair that pretty quickly, and then from there you're finding survivors, some of who have been changed into what you call leaflings, which mm-hmm. are like people with leaves spraying out of their faces, and you can do night missions, which is where you defend these these like these uh, nests mm. from creatures and if you do that successfully you get like a cure for one of those people that you save that's a leafling mm. some people you save and they're absolutely fine some people these leafling things and you've got a dog now called a rachi a rachi and a rachi is like it's like having like another hundred pikmin just contained within this one dog so mm. they can carry a lot of stuff once you upgrade them didn't see warriors of rachi no. no um and and it's just like I said, it's just a culmination of all these different aspects of, of the Pikmin games that they've made over the last few years. Like, Pikmin 3 looked spectacular, but no one played it because it was on the Wii U when it came out on the Switch. It still looked amazing, but it was still just a Wii U game converted to the Switch. This is made from the ground up for the Switch, and you can feel it. Like, there is, there is just something stupidly magical about having this experience that that is exploring these worlds that are pretty obviously decimated a post-apocalyptic Earth in this in this game. But having these experiences... It was just supposed to be, like, someone's back garden. It was meant to be someone's back garden, but now it's like a post-apocalypse. You go in a house at one point, and it's filled with weird creatures. It's full of dead people. Yeah, skeletons. Like yeah. Mr. Mosquito at the end, mm. that secret level. You have to take someone's... Life. Cock ring. You have to slit the throat. Um, You'll get the Prince Albert and bring it back to the ship. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so good. And, you know, it runs really well. It looks amazing. I've been playing like exclusively in handheld and it's fucking brilliant I just cannot get enough of it and I don't like it's one of those games where where I do feel like I'm about 30 hours in so I'm close to I'm I like I've completed it 100% but 30 hours is quite a lot to spend on a game like Pikmin if you want to do just the main story you probably get it done like 15 
Like half of that. But if you want to go around saving everyone and doing everything... There's no time limit on this one, is there? No, there isn't. Like, and that's really nice because yeah. you don't get that panic after like... Because I remember the first one having the time limit. Yeah, it's it? 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just... It's it's so fucking good. I, I recommend anyone who has never played a Pikmin game try this one rather than those remasters because those remasters... Pikmin 1's fucking clunky. Pikmin 2's better, but there's like not a lot there, which is why they bundled those two games together. And if you can pick this up for about the same price, I think it goes for like 35, 40 quid now. It's about the same price as those remasters. Just get it. Give it a go. Pick a ming. And um, catch Oliver's in there. And his oh, dickhead good. friend from the second one's in there. What's his name? Where Oliver. Oliver and uh, what's the other guy's name? The dickhead one. Uh, Gummo. No, I said that's a He's a prick. He's in this one. Is he a prick? <laughs> He's a fucking prick, mate. He's a fucking liability. Yeah. Gets captured. What the fuck is he doing? Mm. What a what a cunt. I used to like playing as Zolimer in Smash Bros. He's really good in Smash Bros, but mm. he is like he's a very technical character. Which is why I've never been very good at That's him. What I, like. I like the weird characters. I like weird characters. Like I always like Snake, and Snake's a technical character. Yeah, Isabel and the villager. Yeah, you liked the villager a lot. I remember when you used to play that you liked and also when you like um the Mr. Gamer Watch. You liked Mr. Yeah. Gamer Watch for a while. Yeah, those that game's fucking incredible. Weird fuckers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pikmin. I'm going to give it to Tom Atkins. Because they do the just... thing where they put some seeds in some of the, the games. In some of the earlier Pikmin games, there was a random chance you'd get a pack of seeds in there. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't yeah. get any seeds. Yeah. No. I got a really cool... I got a few cool things in, like... I've recently bought a couple of, like, cartridge games that have come with cool shit. Like, I got the World of Horror Physical Edition, and that comes with, like, they weird came tarot with an actual cards. homunculus. Yeah. It comes with tarot cards, and I got um, Signalis. Have you heard of that? It's like a Resident yeah. Evil star. Yeah, I got that, and you get like um, you get like her Yuri. I think is the main character. You get like her pass. It's like a holographic yeah, thing. Pikmin one on GameCube had a one in one one hundred chance of getting a pack of seeds in the box. Oh, that's cool. But, um, yeah, came with a bag of seeds, so you could claim you could grow Pikmin. I always I like the because this is is this is Shinji Mikami. Was it Shinji Mikami who or did Pikmin? this? Pikmin? Yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto, sorry. Shinji Mikami's the Resident Evil guy. Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, mm. sorry. What's his new game coming out? Um, that Shatter, that Split Mouth thing. The Slip Mouth, is that what it's called? Slitter Mouth. Yeah. It? No, it didn't come out, did it? No, I'm thinking of this. A bunch You're thinking of, of Japanese... Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, there's a bunch of Japanese horror games that are... Well, Slitter Mouth only had a tr- like a teaser trailer. It wasn't actually gameplay or anything. Yeah, like and it was like two years ago. Yeah, because that looks like some Jinji Ito-inspired... It looks fucked, yeah. ...thing. When are we going to get a fucking... You've been doing the Resident Evil remakes. Let's have a remake of Sweet Home. RPG style. They're never going to do it. There's like... That'd be so good. So there was... This is this is something that I was fucking really excited about. Someone said that there was like a demo of initial like... Initial D. No, no, no. Like no. there was like a demo of like an initial prospect of putting Sweet Home on the Game Boy. Yeah. Can you imagine how fucking incredible that would be? I've played it. It's a good game. Yeah, it's, it's just game. it's tough to play because it's all in Japanese. Yeah, and the translations are bad. Mm. Like people have tried to translate. What's the over. film along with it? <laughs> <laughs> the film's actually quite good. I, the film's weird. Yeah, it's a tough watch it's because fun. it's, it's got know, some great like gore moments. It's in got it. some great gore moments, and it's got like some inventive like inventive um, camera. Yeah, like camera five movies, people so. have watched the film. It used to be on YouTube. It still is. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's actually someone who has... I think there's someone who's tried to upscale it as well. No, I've not. I want to see that. Oh, it's VHS. That's a VHS film. Yeah, but if they manually upscaled it... Fucking... No, this upscale bullshit. Give me... 
Give me make I want things to look worse. <laughs> Smear my eyes in fucking like Vaseline. Person sale on the internet. I want games to be made for less, look worse, and play better. Yeah, like that's perfect. Hundred percent. All right, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, Pikmin for uh, Tom Atkins. It's been so fucking beautiful, and magical, and I've just loved it. Genuinely loved it. Your review, Ant. In Pikmin 5, the Pikmin should be human size, Mate, but they should have to one. pick up the same things, but it's really difficult. Cause I don't they're know like, if we're going to get Pikmin 5. And they're just like, they're just, they can't pick them up because they're really big and everything's tiny. I don't know if we're going to get Pikmin 5. We'll get Pikmin 5. I think if they make a fifth one, they should make it so there's stuff, you know, like in this one, occasionally there's stuff that's like hanging from webs. Yeah. I think if there's a Pikmin 5, there should be one where there's Pikmin that are anti-gravity Pikmin. Make you use them in the caves. Pikmin where you can... Mix seeds together to create new Pikmin. New Pikmin's? Yeah. yeah. You could create God's mistake. <laughs> it's a disabled mon. No. Look at him, he can't walk. Still... You made this. Deal with the repercussions. His legs don't work. <laughs> yeah, deal with the repercussions. Oh, he's just dragging himself along. Oh, no. Look at that. He's trying to get the monster to kill him. <laughs> He's, he's looking for the sweet release of death. Help him find it. He's got him into a river. <laughs> you found the big pill the Pikmin were looking for. Why aren't they picking it up? They're just eating it. Man, they've got lively all of a sudden. <laughs> that rock's got some interesting colours. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why are the other, other Pikmin crying and on the phone to some sort of emergency services? He's just talking to the talking clock. <laughs> oh, it looks like the blue Pikmin no CPR. <laughs> we'll add that to the Pikmin of Tapedia. <laughs> a game where it's like a harrowing drama about the PTSD they got from serving in the Pikmin Wars. It's the guy who manufactures the tiny guns for them. <laughs> they only need one finger to use. <laughs> well, the original concept was we just needed to design a weapon that babies could use. Because <laughs> the size was about the same. <laughs> Once we taught them how to use the weapons, they took to killing very quickly. <laughs> It's for them. It seems like they seems like they may have been more internal grudges than we realised when we first. Is that your second review? Nah, yeah, that was my second review. Jesus, I know it's taken a while. Come on, let's speed through this. Um, I got myself a new Masterpiece <coughs> Optimus Prime. You see the big box over there? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so this it. last year, I was like, I want to get myself a new Optimus Prime toy. I'm a new Masterpiece Optimus Prime. That's the high grade. Special Optimus Primes because my original one, you know, the big lad over there, yeah, it's 20 years old this year. <coughs> 20 is that, years is that old, a 20 year old masterpiece figure, yeah, it was the first masterpiece figure. But, um, he's worse for wear, yeah. he's not done so well. Um, so I wanted a new one. I was gonna buy the 205 pound MP44, which is the third masterpiece Optimus Prime, yeah, they're doing a new version in toy colors, yeah. But I thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna have a look on eBay, I'm gonna try and find a decent quality MP10. How much did this cost, Aaron? Right, MP10's the second one. How much did this cost, Aaron? I got this for 120 quid. How much is it normally? Well, when it came out, yeah. it was about that price when it came out 12 oh. years ago. Oh my God, this is 12 years old? Yeah. I can tell from the box now you've said it's all angular. 
yeah, they don't put that much plastic on boxes nowadays. And also, they're not as angular. It's a fucking massive box. This is the box it came in. Oh, that's the box <laughs> it came in? Yeah. Oh, just, this is the thing that the postman dropped off, and he looked to me like I bought a fucking dildo. Yeah, it was just uh, that was in there as well. But um, but no, Masterpiece Optimus Prime, this is good. And what's crazy with this thing is, it's 12 years old, right? Yeah. Engineering-wise, it's it's really not that far removed from one of the mainline figures nowadays. I, I don't think an engineer's involved in the production of that toy. How do you think they design these things, man? It's it's clever design. It's clever, clever design. Like, his arm bit, when you undo his arm bit, there's a little groove there. You see that little groove? Yeah. See that little groove? Do you know why that little groove's there? Right. Right? So when you rotate his arm around, there's enough clearance for the hand to go past, and then it closes up and the thumb can sit in that little tiny groove. Okay. Isn't that clever? It's kind of crazy to think that this figure that was a high-range, high-grade Transformer 12 years ago, like, they're bringing out a Commander-class Optimus Prime this year, right? For the movie toy line, the 1986 movie toy line. It's probably not going to be that far off this, in terms of what it does. Because there's stuff in this, like, this guy's got... This guy, like, he doesn't have butterfly joints or anything, but he does have, like, omnidirectional shoulders and stuff. That's, like, a thing that wasn't common back then on the main figures. It's got ankle tilts. Ankle tilts wasn't a thing that often on the figures back then. Like, you were lucky if you got an ankle tilt. Like, he's got all the mod cons that regular figures have nowadays. So, it's kind of crazy that this is almost basically what a mainline figure is like now. Yeah. He's got, um, there's a really neat thing. His back opens up. You can pull out his gum. Yeah. Right? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh. That's pretty cool. Spring-loaded little gun. Yeah. Don't get springs in toys nowadays. No, not since 9 No, No, not since 9 when that spring flew into... <laughs> into the Twin Towers. <laughs> right before the planes hit, obviously, yeah. but there's still... Springgate springs is still an issue. Melt. Still yeah. beeps. <laughs> springs can melt. Still beeps. But, um, yeah, he comes with a trailer. He's got his little buddy roller. His little buddy roller can pull the trailer. He's also got another guy in there. What's the other guy in there, Anne? What? There's a, there's a Spike Wit Wiki. Oh, Spike's in there, yeah. He keeps falling out the bit of the packaging he's in. Just really cool, though, other than that he's got an axe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that figure I got a while ago turns into Roller. You know yeah. the little Roller guy there? The yeah. thing. I've got a figure that turns into that. Mm-hmm. It's compatible with that trailer. They made it so you could connect into so that trailer. you use that trailer for everyone? Yeah, it's nice. Everyone gets a turn. Everyone gives it a go. But um, no, it's just uh, everyone always goes on about this one. Everyone always raves about it because the new, the current masterpiece figure MP44, yeah, um, is very much like trying to look exactly like the cartoon model. So it's all very, you know, all the lines are all super smooth. There's none of this greebling stuff. It's all on the 44 one. It's all, yeah, it looks like the animation drawing taken off the page. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, so yeah, it just looks like that. it's transposed rather than designed. But it's the the it's incredibly complex as a result. Like ludicrously complicated transformation on that new one. And that's not as fun. Like I don't know, I quite like that sort of thing, but it is also like half an hour at a time to transform that thing. Yeah. Whereas I can flick this one back and forth in a couple of minutes. This is pretty straightforward. I can flick him You can flick him every which way but this. Yeah. You can flick him all over. It's got nice ratchets. Give him a little flick. I do like a nice ratchet. You do, you love a ratchet, especially on the podcast. You you love bringing a ratchet to an audio podcast and just ratcheting it up. Um, no, he's good. He's good. He's a great figure. So, how much is the MP10 you were talking about? This oh, is MP10. Oh, the MP... MP44. MP44. That one's 205 quid. Jesus. And that's the cut-down version that doesn't have um, the voice box in it or the trailer. 
when they released that originally, the original version of it, the trailer friggin' bumped up the cost of like 300 and some quid. My God. It's blooming expensive. Yeah. Still cheaper than one of those RoboSend figures, which I have seen. Oh, the- you do not need to send me clips of the RoboSend Optimus Prime on Facebook. Changing. I have seen it. I've seen it in person. I don't find it that interesting. Do not want one. No, I don't cannot think- touch the thing. Won't stand up on its own. Like I would, I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy it if it was like. Do you remember those robots that used to be able to get that would dance and stuff? If it could do some stuff, it can dance. Can it? Yeah, you can make it dance. Can it do like lots of dances, or is it just like pre-programmed? You can program your own dances. Can you? You can make it do the Fortnite. You can make it hit the gritty. It could do the gritty. <laughs> make it hit the gritty. I might get It'll one. probably fall over, but it's also one thousand pounds. Is that it? And if you want the trailer, it's another seven hundred. Why is the trailer more money? What does it the trailer stands do? Stands itself up. Is it a longer battery as well? I don't know. It's, it's, the Grimlock's one thousand four hundred quid, but at least that one can actually stand up when it's turned off. I don't want either of those things. Yeah. That's too expensive. They're too expensive. Just That's the f- cost of me going to Japan. I want a little robot buddy who'll do things. No, I want to. I want to hold a toy and physically <laughs> manipulate it. Anyway, this is the third Optimus Prime I've got this year so far. Nice. I've got a fourth one coming this week. Nice. Because I've got the missing Link Optimus Prime coming. Oh, of course, yeah. Which is um, it's a version of the G1 toy that's now fully articulated. Can't oh. wait for that. I'm looking forward to that. It's my dream Transformer. It's your there. dream Transformer. It's on its way. I now have more Optimus Primes than any other character. I've got 14 Optimus Primes right now. In, in life, and When we're talking about real life, we call them people, not characters. They're not people. <laughs> They're actors. They're, they're characters robots. in your play. Oh, they're, they're meat robots. They're robots in disguise. <gasps> just robots like, are in the skies. Just like the song says. But no, if you, this, I've got this cheap. 120 quid for all this. Boxed. Friggin' no, I spent 120 barely used. quid for a lot less, so I mm. appreciate. Mm. I mean, say box is quite nice. So yeah. I think that that's good. The only thing that was missing was the instructions. but um, You can always print those I off. didn't need them. Because I'm a Transformer knower. I can figure out any Transformer. You're Transformer knower. I'm the Transformer knower. <laughs> I know Transformers. You're like the horse whisperer, except like... I've hit that point where people will mention something obscure, and I'm like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, that does exist. Yeah. You're not like the horse whisperer where Sometimes people Sometimes I let people think they know stuff, though. I'll be like, to Sixo earlier. Good old Sixo. Hello, Sixo. I've met him a couple of times. He's all right. But... um. He was posting some pictures of some Chrome figures and he had the regular Optimus Prime. There was like, have they ever done a Chrome Optimus Prime? Knowing full well there was one. But I just let him show me it so other people could see it. It sounds like sounds like Lady Duff protests too much, man. I'm just I'm just letting people have their moment. I want <laughs> the Chrome Rodimus Prime, though that thing's fucking expensive. So, so yeah, so this is a rare figure now to get boxed. Yeah, it's alright. It was this was this had this is the Hasbro one that was released in Toys R Us. Oh, okay. This one was fairly easy to get. There's 11 different repaints of MP10. Oh, okay. Some of them are really cool. There's a Neon Genesis Evangelion one. Oh, really? Purple um, and green? Yeah, there's a Ghostbusters one. Oh, really? Um, where the trailers all like got slime paint on it and stuff. And, oh, that's cool. Um, they did like a whole bunch. You know Bape, the bored ape? Oh, yeah. Not NFTs. It's the the fashion thing in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. There's like a friggin' um, LeBron James themed one that's like tiger print patterns and stuff. It's a good figure though. Really good. Yeah. Enjoy it. It's got some clever transformation on it. Like the way the, the side bits open up and the wheels are inside there and it all rotates around and it's all very cool. Clips in. And the whole front of the truck is inside his chest. Do you know like um because that's not the front of the truck. See that bit there, that the, the midriff. Mm. That's not the front of the truck. 
Oh, that's the front. The of front the of the truck. truck's actually inside here. The you have to like, bit. you have to open all this up and then pop it out, and it's actually hidden away inside there. Smart, smart stuff. It's a good, good figure. I'm going to break it probably, aren't I? You know what? He doesn't have the original figure out there. That was quite good. There's a little button on the back of his head to make his mouth plate move. Mm. That's one of the best things the original figure had. It doesn't have. It. I should probably take the batteries out of that old one. They've been in there for twenty years. Yeah, you probably should. They're probably corroded shit. Yeah. Now. Anyway, I got myself a new masterpiece, Optimus Prime. That was a collecting goal I had. Oh, cool. My next collecting goal is to collect all the double target masters. Oh, the six of them. I don't know what they are. They're little guys that come with two buddies that turn into guns. You know, sometimes you get a buddy that turns into a gun. Yeah. In Transformers, they get two each. That's their thing. Have I got any? Here. I haven't got any irregular target masters. No, I don't. But, cool. you know, something. That's my next goal. Yeah. And, I'm, and I want to get a Diaclone this year, I think. I want to get one of the modern-style Diaclone figures, but they're blooming expensive and they're tiny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, review something. Oh, do I need to review something now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to review a happy little movie that I just... I, I had to watch the ending several times because... It's a bit of an artsy one, Ant. I watched... How to Train Your Dragon. The Zone of Interest. Oh, is that that fun one about the... Um, the lady... who live right next door to the... That's right, Ant! Let the me... zoo that Matt Damon had in I We Bought Zoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Comparing a place full of victims of genocide to a zoo full of animals is the right move yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. Um... Used to be a country. Don't know how to move on. <laughs> um, okay, so um, the Zone of Interest is a film about family, um, the family of Rudolf Hoff, who was the commandant and controller of of Auschwitz, Auschwitz, the concentration camp in Poland. Um, it is a fucking harrowing film that is about a very difficult subject matter, but unlike. The Iron Claw, where I was like, give me more of this family. <laughs> Tell me more about this family. This film, I was like, give me more of this family being murdered, please. So you're saying this should have had more wrestling in it. More wrestling in it. Yeah. He's coming from the top round <laughs> to take down Rudolph with, with an elbow. Take this, Himmler. Um, it's, it's fucking... It's, it's, it's a tough one. It's hard to be funny when you're talking about a film about the Holocaust, but I'm definitely going to try and this won't be trapped in a... You don't have to be funny when you're talking about the Holocaust. <laughs> this, won't, this won't be trapped in a vault. Ricky Gervais. <laughs> no. People think it's He's funny when they funny think once. about... People think it's funny when they think about Ricky Gervais being subjected to the horrors of the Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Not when he makes jokes about it. Um, okay, so... Um, so, Zone of Interest, yeah. So, it's the family of Rudolf Hoff and how they get by day-to-day living next to... A concentration camp. One of the most infamous places of the last, I'd say, 100 years. Why would you live next to a concentration camp? He runs it. Oh. So he basically runs it. Is he basically it. like, you know, the janitor that lives at the school? Kind of, but with Less more evil. power. Imagine if the jan- janitor also genocided a bunch of people and was the headmaster and all the teachers. Um. So, yeah, so... Let's let's just, just break it down. We'll try and break it down. So Rudolf Hoff is struggling with what he's doing. 
So you can see there are instances where he is nervous, he's anxious, he's he's physically sickened by some of the stuff, or at least there is a chance that some of his humanity is sipping, like just slipping through the cracks and beginning to appear because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want this role anymore. He is often seen, seen just, just staring into nothing, almost like someone struggling with trauma. And at one point, he is dry heaving as he goes down some stairs because he is just, just cannot fathom what's going on. Or, and this is this is an interpretation that I saw online because it's unclear as to which is right. There is a scene towards the end where he is visiting a doctor for a health checkup before he takes a new position, which is where he is going to be responsible for the the 700,000 Hungarian Jews travelling to his concentration camp to be murdered, to be genocided. He is he has been told this news, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor checks him over, and we don't find out what the results of that are. But it could be that that's the implication that he is trying to get out of his service because for medical issues, like he's saying, I'm not feeling good, I'm feeling anxious... Could be that. You should feel a little bit uh, bad, or, you know. Or other people have interpreted it that that is potentially the effects of living next to a chimney where bodies are insinuate, insinuated on, uh, incinerated on a, on a regular basis and chemicals are used to kill millions of people. His family are, in vari- with varying degrees, responsible or at least able to continue to live to a certain extent without any concerns about what is happening on over that wall. You see the impact of what is happening to certain people that visit the house. At one point, he is tasked with going and working from Berlin. And you can see his mood picks up quite a bit when he's living in Berlin. He's, like, greeting people as he goes to work. At one point, he has a conversation with a woman and a little dog. Like, a fun, jaunty song. Like a little jovial... Yeah, no, it's, it's actually little jovial interaction he has, despite Ooh. the fact he's a fucking horrific cunt. Um... And then back home, whilst he's in Berlin, his mother has moved into the house to help with the kids. And you see that the 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 matriarch of the fat well, not matriarch, what's the right one? His wife, basically. Yeah, that's the matriarch. Matriarch, yeah. yeah. She is she is she is unfazed by the constant screams, the sounds of gunfire we're seeing, the plumes of smoke we're seeing. The falling ash whistling. She is unfazed by any of this. There is a moment where she is taking her mother-in-law on a trip through the garden to show her the things that she can grow in this beautiful garden she's designed herself next to a fucking concentration camp. And she is like... She is not moving an inch when the gunfire starts, but the mum reacts to every single bullet. The mum is like, oh. And she's like, and so these are where the pumpkins are. These are where the string beans are. And she, you see the mum smelling the air. And, she's like, and this is where I've got... Oh, the kids love these. They eat these all the time. And then another gunshot. She's like... <gasps> and she's just like... She cannot hack it. Mm. And she disappears midway through the film. Like, midway through the night. She just goes. She leaves a note. And she's just like, I can't fucking do this. It stinks all the time. It's constant screams. There's gunfire. She's like, oh, she's being so fucking childish. And like... And it's... It's just... It's... Everything is treated so matter of fact. <coughs> and certain characters, there's two Jewish girls that work in the house in constant fear. And in scenes where... So a lot of the film is shot in a way that there are static positions a camera will be in each room. It doesn't pan, it doesn't zoom in. It sits at those positions in each room and it picks up the conversations as if, as if almost like it's reality TV, like a documentary. So like there is a shot of a hallway and the hallway goes to the front door. And as they come down the front door, 
these women who are working in the house constantly suddenly tuck themselves against the walls tight as they can. And they do that because the German, the like the Nazi family will just barrel down the hallway. They don't stop to let the people move. They don't, they don't like make any, any sort of airs for them. They just barrel down the, the hallway and they just, they act like they don't fucking exist. But if, if they were ever to slight them, they lose their fucking rag. There is a line where someone calls someone a Jewess. It is fucking disgusting. But it is it is one of those films that is incredibly tough to watch. Incredibly tough. Because it's shot matter-of-factly and you're having you're seeing horrific people have conversations and interactions. They have a kid's birthday party in this fucking place. Other people bring their kids to a house next to a concentration camp and act like nothing's fucking wrong. There is a moment where they're going riding on horses near the concentration camp. You can watch this with boy in striped pyjamas. You hear screams. You hear gunfire. You hear the roar of engines. You hear people being ripped. Like, you just hear people being tortured. And the, the guy stops watching his and goes, Oh, a European heron. I can hear that just over this way. Let's go have a look. Like, his mind is actively cancelling out all noises. Mm. It's so fucking weird. This video is sponsored by Raycon. <laughs> We need to cancel noise. I, but here's the thing: this is, this is, throughout the kind of thing where you are like, how do these people get worse? And you watch it. At no point, and and this is the clever thing: at no point are you shown any abuse of Jewish people. You're not shown any torture. You're not shown any murder. You're not shown any genocide. And it's not because they're trying to like parcel over that. In fact, they talk about it in the most casual of ways. And it's fucking horrific because that is more than likely how it happened. Mm. At one point, someone is talking him through the operation of a device that will burn five to seven hundred people, but remain cool on the other side because the technology they've developed. And it spins around and then five or seven hundred other people go in. And you think to yourself, they're talking about this as if it's someone talking about a new TV or a new radio or a new piece of stereo equipment. They're not talking about it as if it's something that eviscerates. Or some sort of oven. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of oven, man. Yeah. Um, and it's and it like like I say, you are watching this, and you're you are. Have you looked up what the right wing weirdos think of the film? No, what I did look up. None of them. Have so it. this is a real person. Rudolf Hoss was a real person, yeah. and so I looked up what happened to him because at the end of this film, like I say, he's dry heaving as he goes down these steps into like this dark area, and it suddenly cuts to an unbroken five minute sequence of cleaners cleaning the museum for the for the concentration camp. Hmm. At no point are we shown any of the victims of this. We are instead treated to five minutes unbroken with sound, diegetic sound only, cleaners cleaning up the museum. It's the sound of hoovers, of footsteps, of sweeping, of dusting, and it is powerful. Hmm. It's a very fucking clever thing to do. And then it cuts back to him dry heaving as he travels further into this dark corridor. And it's like insinuating he's sick or he's anxious or there's, you know, there's some humanity to him. So I thought to myself, what happened to this fucking dude and his family? I hope they all got fucking... I hope those little kids had their front slits. And I hope that she had a fucking shoe into our eyes and I hope her fucking neck was twisted round and round and round to her popped off like a fucking cork. And I hope he was slowly burnt from the feet up steadily over a series of days just cooking him until he melts section by section so much for the tolerant left (laughs) (laughs) so I found out what happens do you know what happened he was caught eventually by a group of Nazi hunters led by a Jewish person 
No, no, no. Not Brad Pitt. Led by an actual Jewish person. No, it was Eli Roth was the bear Jew. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Eli Roth was the bear Jew. <laughs> but it was... Speaking of Borderlands the movie. Um, so I'm I'm just going to quickly bring this up because this is, this is one of the things that I found... Um, I found most interesting um, is the afterwards because he was tried for his crimes. He tried, he tried to pretend that he wasn't, um, that he wasn't the person that did this all. He wasn't the one who was responsible. He he tried to like become a gardener basically and hide out, but he was caught. He was caught by a group of a group of Jewish soldiers and a Jewish Nazi hunter. Who who found him? They found him pretending to be a gardener, and he he said, "No, it's not me." He tried to take a cyanide pill at one point because he was found. Because people who had nothing to do with Nazis have cyanide said, pills he normally. Because he was scared he was going to be tried as someone who he wasn't. No, he said, said, "Okay, that's absolutely fine. We've got you now. We're going to interrogate him. We're going to find out who you are." And he goes, "Okay, I'm this person." They go, "Oh, you're wearing a re- wedding ring." This dumb fuck was wearing an engraved wedding ring with his fucking name on it. And what does it say? <laughs> Rudolph. It's not fucking whatever he thought his gardener name would be. So he is tried. He's taken to court in Poland and he is rightfully tried for the murder of 3.5 million Jewish people. 3.5 million Jewish people. Mm. He, he's a fucking monster. And on stand, do you know what he said when they, when they said, what do you say to these crimes? What do you say to being charged with this crime? And he goes, and he stands there and he goes, I didn't murder 3.5 million Jewish people. I murdered 2.5 million. The rest died of starvation and illness. Fucking scum. Absolute scum. And if anything else, I hope that this film does make people do what I did and go, oh, I hope all those people died that are in this movie. I'm going to quickly Google him. Oh, the main guy, he did get horribly killed. He was hung in the garden of Sweet. their fucking house next to the concentration camp. And the garden his wife built. And I hope she fucking suffered as well. I hope his whole family suffered. His little shitty fucking kid, who, and this is upsetting, is named Klaus. Um, at one point, he is teasing his brother and locking his brother in the greenhouse they've got at the end of their garden hmm. as if he's putting him in a fucking gas chamber. Oh, that's a fun game for kids to now, play. That kid, that kid refused to give his dad up. So when these Jewish soldiers and this, Jew, this Nazi hunting dude turned up at the house... They beat the living fucker out of that little shit with axe handles. They beat him so badly that his mum revealed where the dad was. Mm. And I was just like, just fucking kill them all. Just murder them all. Because at various stages in this film, that the wife is just as implicit in all of this. Mm. She doesn't want to move away from the concentration camp house. At one point when he moves to Berlin, the option is there for her to move away. And she's like, no, I love this house. I love this garden I've made. And I'm the like smell of what the the little fucking psycho kid, the gas chamber kid, is locking kids in in the fucking greenhouse. He's looking at the teeth that he's collected from the remains that are being dumped hmm. around the concentration camp. He's got like old dentures he's collecting in a box. Oh, I've got a teeth. bag of teeth. Fucking disgusting. I mean, they're my teeth. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> Just bin them. I used to know because I wanted to collect them up so I can get more money. From the Tooth Fairy when I was little, and my mum was like, "It doesn't work like that." Yeah, it does. Because like, strangely, for some reason, I had to tell my mum when I lost the tooth. Yeah, because then you wouldn't get money if you didn't. Yeah, because she obviously tells the Tooth Fairy. She obviously has a there's a line to yeah, the Tooth Fairy. But I'm saving these up. This has got to be a bargaining peel. So I've got a little bag with anyway, about six or the seven zone teeth. of interest. 
The Zone of Interest is a fucking incredible movie. Where is that bag? It's a very. It's a. I don't want to see it. It's a. It's an incredible movie. It's. It's an incredible mm. piece of direction. I didn't know this guy existed. My idea of of World War Two is always going to be. Everyone was prosecuted because I prefer to believe that there is some good in the world. All those people got. It's a German film, destroyed. isn't it? Um, I think it's German and English. It's yeah. a film four movie. Actually, movie get friggin' films about World War Two. It's, you have to get the European ones to do the films that are actually Any about good. how horrific it is. The American ones are always like a fun adventure during the war, isn't it? Yeah. They're always, they're always having a good old time. That's why there's so many World War Two themed video games. World War Two was so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rudolf Hoss. Whereas in England we have a history of making sitcoms about World War Two. Oh, like that Hitler Next Door one. Oh, Heil Hitler, um, yeah. Honey, I'm the Home. The Hitler's Next Year. But yeah, ask more thinking, Goodnight Sweetheart. I was thinking more uh, just Graham's actual life. Hello, hello. <laughs> there's, there's that as well. Why do we make so many sitcoms about World War Two? What are you looking at now? I'm just looking at what happened to his family. Uh, no, I mean, the, the, if they're not dead, they're old as shit now. Oh, Hans Jürgen's younger son, Rainer, presented himself as a researcher determined to expose his grandfather's crimes. Hmm. However, he has been accused of trading on his name and defrauding the families of Holocaust victims the financial gain. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, they're all fucking scumbags. That's the Nazis for you. Oh, yeah, that little shitty fucking gas chamber kid died in Australia in 1980s. Good. He's fucking dead. When did she die? Could have done research before you do the podcast. I, I only, I, I, I li- you literally saw me watching the ending three or four fucking times because I was trying to work out. Well, I tried you. not to. You had your hand down your trousers. Dark joke even for you. Because you were looking at. That's a dark joke. You were looking at the TikTok. That is a dark joke. TikTok ladies on your phone. That's a dark joke even for you. You're right. looking at the TikTok ladies on the phone. That's what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know when you get those videos come up on Facebook and you're like, I'm not going to look at that, and then you just play it anyway. Ingi Bridget, another daughter of the Commandant, never read her father's memoir, saying it did not interest her and that the Nazis got bad press. These are a fucking... What? The Nazis got bad press? Oh, that's Family of fucking scumbags, mate. Absolute fucking scumbags, every one of them. Anyway, and your review. Oh, I'm going to give this... I'm going to give this a Cape Blanchet. It's it's fucking incredible, but it is... It's, it is a fucking tough watch. And it isn't... It isn't the kind of thing that should be easy to watch. I think if this is easy for someone to watch, I think that's bad. I think the fact that it's so difficult to watch is is it's just it's it's just it's How long until there's an American remake starring Adam Sandler? I don't know mate. I don't know, I'm just I'm not it's not it's not fun. It's just not a fun watch. But yeah, anyway your review Ant. Would you say that you had a zone of interest in this film? Trying to find out what happened to his wife. I know she's dead, but like, yeah, I mean that's pretty. Yeah. Choked on a carrot from a corpse fertilized garden, yeah. probably. You know, uh, the Nazis kind of bad. Oh, fucking disgusting! Horrible cunts. It's weird how old writers really gravitate towards losers, like the people who are objectively bad losers <laughs> in any situation. They see them as heroes. They got the whole underdog thing the wrong way around, haven't they? Mm. Like, y- you like the losers in life. Well, they like the but losers, your losers in life. other people. Yeah, your losers in life are like, you know, someone who's down on their luck. 
and then they win a lottery ticket. That's the person you like. Not the Hitlers. What are you looking at now? Did you even rate the film? Yeah, I gave it a Kate Blanchett. I said it's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, it's fucking tough to watch, but it is it's important. It's Why is Kate Blanchett tough to watch every time you besmirch that? No, no, it's an incredible film and it's it's incredibly complicated and, and you know, not in not in what it's presenting, because it is fucking disgusting. But like I'm I'm saying it's more it's more tough to watch because of what it's about and the way it presents it so matter of fact it's it's just really fucking dark. And it, like I don't I don't I don't imagine there are people that are gonna celebrate this guy ever, but Americans are fucking win probably will. Well, they they love to get a good Nazi up on stage and then give him a round of applause. Yeah, like they did last year. I did not see that coming. <sighs> Your review. Shall I review something fun? Yeah, do you want that? Yeah, one or two Super Sentai series to review this week. Okay, two of them. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Does it offend you? Yeah. I know you normally like when I do Super Sentai shows. No, no, no. no. Right, so we'll do the old one first. Yeah. I finally finished watching Chojin Sentai Jetman, which is the uh, 1991 Super Sentai series. It was the last one before they started adapting them into Power Rangers. It almost was Power Rangers. It almost was adapted into Power Rangers. Can you imagine if the first series of Power Rangers, they all had bird costumes on? So in this series, um, some interdimensional alien race invade Earth, sort of. You know like how they're, they're quite polite about it in the Super Sentai? Yeah. They turn up, but they only send one monster a wink. Yeah. Um, very nice of them. Can you imagine if invasions were done like that around the world? <laughs> if we just next time we decide to invade a Middle Eastern country, we just send one monster a week. That'd be nice. That's, I think that'd be make wars much better, especially with giant robots. Yeah. Um I'd love a good giant robot fight. But luckily, the humans at the time in their space based research lab um are in, are, are investigating, <laughs> researching something called Birdonic Waves. They're um, they don't really go into it too much, but they're like magical bird powers. Mm. And in the course of the base being attacked by the villains, these birdonic waves are scattered across Earth, specifically Japan, though, which is quite convenient. Um, and five in well, four other individuals. One of them gets the power anyway because he was there at the time. He got the red power. Four other individuals have been hit with the birdonic waves. They're going to become the Jetman whether they like it or not. Um, this series is written by um, to, um, Thingy Inoue. I can never remember his first name. But he's a guy who wrote my favourite to- um, Super Sentai series, Don Brothers. Um, he writes lots of them. Loads of people tend to moan about him. He's got a bit... He's one of those writers who sometimes puts a fetish in the show, but you, you allow that because that's just what Japanese television is like. But um, this is a team of guys who are all bird-themed. It starts off in the first episode. You've just got the main guy, Ryo, and he... Teams up with uh, the pink and she's is she a pink ranger or a white ranger? I don't know. It's one of those ones where it's mostly white, but there's a bit of pink on it. Um, who's called Kaori? Yeah, and the yellow ranger, who's like a a chubby gardener guy. Good, get some chubby man respect. Um, friggin' representation in this series, and I always forget what his name is. Um, but they team up in the first episode. For the first episode, it's just three of them, and then the second episode they meet like. Guy and Owie, and let's start building up from there. You get your team of five. Mm. Owie's like a high school girl who's a natural gymnast and she gets superpowers and stuff. Guy is an arsehole, which I quite like. So guy's, guy's like your ladies' man. He likes to drink. He likes to gamble. He likes to ride his motorbike. He likes to get into fights. 
he butts head with Ryu. He doesn't like taking orders. And for a lot of the series, there's this constant thing where he doesn't want anything to do with them. He gets dragged into it, and you can sort of tell there's a little bit of him that's like, I will fight for justice, but I don't want anyone to freaking make a big deal out of it because, like, you know, it's embarrassing. I'm a bad boy. I do what I want. But, you know, he gets dragged into it. Yeah. Um, he butts head with Ryu the whole time. Ryu's girlfriend dies in the first episode, his fiance. Oh, no. Sort of dies. Plot twist. She got turned into one of the villains. Yeah. <gasps> But, um, is she coming back as a good person, though? Sort of. goes away to the end. Um, it's a thing that goes on for the whole series. But in the meantime, Kaori is in love with Ryo. There's a love triangle in the series. And Guy is in love with Kaori. And there's like a whole thing going on. Ryo doesn't want Kaori because he's still in love with his um, his, his, his old girlfriend. Um, Rie? Rie. And he wants her back. Mm. Rie's now Maria. She, her body... Has been used by the villains. There's a little bit of her mind in there, so every now and again it comes through. But she's one of the, the villains, um, and there's one of the one of the villains called Grey, who's a cyborg, a okay. robot thing. Are there a lot of cyborgs? No, but he's a robot guy called Grey. He thinks like a robot. He acts like a robot. He's a robot. Yeah. Um, he's in love with Maria, and it's kind of touching at times because he's like genuinely, like he'll go out of his way to defend her. What a good bloke. Him and Ryu see sort of eye to eye a little bit towards the end of the show, which is quite nice. Um, but there's this whole like, there's just like the, for Super Sentai series from 1991, it is very very focused on telling a series wide story. Like there's there's the whole guy Ryu Kaori love triangle thing is a constant thing throughout the whole series. Eventually Ryu makes gets Kaori to finally realise that he's not going to be interested in her because you know he's still in love with his ex girlfriend and everything. He's sort of dead, but he finds out she's still around. And Cowie's like, no, I'm going to get step back. And then she's like, maybe I will date Guy. And Guy and Cowie start going out with each other. But Cowie's rich. She's from a rich family and is very prim and prosper. But Guy's not like that. Guy eats with his mouth open and puts his elbows on the table. Guy's just a guy's guy. He's just, he's just a guy. He's just a cool guy. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah, he is a cool dude. He's a pretty, pretty awesome character. Um, and yet the whole series is just really good. Lots of fun adventure, lots of fun action. Lots of fun interpersonal conflicts throughout the team. Friggin' um, Owie, the Blue Ranger, and the Yellow Ranger, I can never remember his name. Um, they kind of lose a bit. They don't get as much focus in episodes because they're kind of like not the ones involved in Love Triangle. Mm. Bit unfair because the chubby guy could get some love too, but you know, no, doesn't, does he? Um, the show, you know how sometimes you get a, a part in Power Rangers or whatever where there's an evil team? Yeah. Yeah, this happens multiple times in this series. There's one monster makes shadow versions of the rangers and that becomes a problem for two episodes. They have to deal with evil shadow versions. And then there's, a, there's an episode where a bunch of super-powered bird-themed rangers from another dimension turn up. They're from one of the dimensions that the villains have conquered before. Mm. And you think they're going to be bad at first, but then it turns out they're actually just a bit pretentious and then they end up helping the team. One of them's a bit of a pervert, but they all die. So it's oh, okay. 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 And then later in the series, the general who runs the military organization, the Jetman, a theme uh, based in, um, just fires the whole team and takes their bird powers from them. He's not, they're not allowed to use their bird powers anymore. They have a problem with a villain. The, vi- the villains have done something to make their bird powers not work properly, and he's not oh, interested in getting it back. He's got his own new super team who have less interesting costumes, um, and they're a bit nasty. But then eventually they learn that, you know, maybe they should just shut up and let the real Jetman deal with a fucking action. Because Jetman's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. Um, it's got a great theme tune, sung by Hironobu Kagiyama. Who? 
the guy who did the Chala, Head Chala, um, the Dragon Ball Z theme tune. Oh, He's the, the voice of anime. He did this theme tune to um, Headmasters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Transformers Headmasters. Oh. Um, did he, you were shock? I think he did you were shock for Five Fists and All Star as well. I feel like he did. But um, no, Jetman's great. And this is it's interesting to watch because it is, it is the very last one before like it starts getting adapted into Power Rangers. Like in the next few years, like everything after this is recognisable like in to anyone who watched Power Rangers. Whereas this one has nothing that ended up in Power Rangers. And you can see how they probably could have done it, but I think it would have been weird to have like the first team in Power Rangers be so clearly bird themed and stuff. Oh, like the uh, what was the what were the anime eagle people? Battle of the Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets. Yeah. There is a little bit of that in this. It's very the love triangle stuff from this comes from Battle of the Planets. There's a lot of that in it. Um but this this was like the Jetman was the second attempt second or third even, to bring Super Sentai to the West. Because originally Stan Lee and um, a producer friend of his was going to do Bioman, which is a great series. But that Bioman? Bioman's one of the earlier Super Sentais. Chojensi Bioman. I've watched that one. Really good. Mm. It's got the big muscly guy, from, you know, the wrestler guy from Takeshi's Castle? Yeah. He used to push people into the water all the time. He's in it. Um, but yeah, that, that didn't fell through. But then she ended up being the producer of Fox Kids and then Saban started working with her to make Power Rangers, bring Super Sentai over as Power Rangers. It was originally going to be called Bioman. There's like a little short like test footage thing done with Mark Takascos in it. Mm. And that's the only thing we know exists. But apparently there is a pilot that was shot that no one's ever seen. No. It might be out there. Actual lost media. Not lost media because no one owns up to having a VHS tape of something. It actually doesn't. Yeah, no one has that it. that guy who has Sweet Home. Yeah, but um, friggin... Yeah, it's... It's a thing, great series. I like the Mecca. There's a little one called um, Boy who just like dances around a bunch. It's very excitable. Mecca, he fights fights in his own. He does good. Um, the Mecca get fucked up quite often in the show, which is always fun. Watching them get trashed, um, and sometimes they run around inside the Mecca in a couple of episodes, which is always weird because they always just shoot inside some industrial building. Oh, which um, doesn't fit the sort of shape you expect for inside a Mecca. Um, there's some really dark stuff as well. One of the villains. Um, Radiget, who is he ends up being the main villain in the show. Um, there's an episode where he's like the side of him that's evil, the dimensional beast side of him, gets removed by the by the other villains. They kick him out, and he ends up washed up on a beach with no memory. And he gets tended to and looked after by this sick girl, like this girl who's I think she's blind or something. Yeah. Um, and she helps him, and they form a friendship. And it's kind of like you get this theme where he's like he's experiencing what it's like to be cared for by someone and to be happy. And then he gets his memories back and he gets his powers back. And you think, oh, is he going to learn something from this? Is he going to, you know, be a better person after this? And maybe he'll help the good guys out towards the end of the series or something. No, he just fucking kills her. He just gets his powers back and he's like, how dare you make me feel something? And then kills her. And it's never, the jet man don't know this has happened. They never met this woman. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know this guy was Radiget. <laughs> they never... She, he just kills this woman, dissolves her, like, disintegrates her. And it's like, that's dark as shit. That poor woman. And, um, yeah. All she did was love him. I guess she never saw it coming. No. I think she was blind. There was something... <laughs> there was something going on, but I watched this. This took me a year to watch, because I'm really... Because I've been watching One Piece too much, so it's like... Yeah. That got in the way of watching stuff. How much One Piece are you through now? Episode 148, I'm watching Jesus now. Um, I tried watching the new Avatar series. 
Bad. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to watch that. Bad. I'm not going to watch that. Avatar is Avatar good? The like cartoon? the anime is yeah. The cartoon's good. I say yeah. anime. It's not an anime, but I just Legend of Korra is a little bit better, I think. But yeah, I've never watched it all. I've only watched some of it. But and which one was Boruto? Boruto. That's the sequel to Naruto. Oh, okay, that's about his son. Is Naruto good? Yeah, so I didn't like it much. A lot of people like Naruto. Yeah, it's very Dragon Ball Z. Is it? It's very. You know, getting stronger through friendship. Yeah, that's that's they've, just like they put dragon. the original Dragon Ball back on um, Crunchyroll because oh. the original Dragon Ball is the best Dragon Ball series. Only if you're a panty sniffer. Panty, 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 panty stockings. God, garter belt's coming back, isn't it? What? Panty stockings and garter belt. What's that? Have you ever watched the official? Yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> one series years ago, like extremely sweary, good fun time, <laughs> wacky, yeah. pervy show. Um, but no, Chojin Sentai Jetman. It's great. Cool. Sounds good. Love it. All right. Is it time for my review, Ant? Are you ready? So this is... This is, this so, is your last review. Yeah. So I always try and review stuff that's in the zeitgeist, right? It's almost two hours, Jesus. I know. I, I always try and review stuff that's in the zeitgeist. So I went to go see a Dear film. the zeitgeist. You're the sort of person who uses the word zeitgeist. I went to go see a film. It's very popular right now. It's the biggest film in the world. Everybody's seeing it. Everybody's talking about it. That's right, I saw Mademoiselle Webb. Oh, Madame Webb, oh, wow. Yeah, I saw Madame oh, Webb. Jeez, why? So, um, <laughs> I love bad movies. Yeah, uh, there's a difference between enjoying a bad movie and a movie that's just bad. No, 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 there's not. There is There is a difference between a movie that's purposefully bad and a movie in which everybody tries their very hardest and is made with sincerity but ends up being just a complete shit show. Hmm. That's the difference. If you make a it's film... Mad, that's what Madam Web is, is it? Madam Web is, like, a lot of people are trying. I don't know why. And I don't know what they were trying to do. It is incompetent on so many levels. It is astonishing. But it is also very fun mm. in a stupid way. Mm. So, for anyone who doesn't know Madam Web, Spider-Man, she lives in the clouds. Yeah. And every so often she tells him the future. Or yeah. at least she insinuates the future. She she makes him travel into the year 2099. At one point she makes him travel into Well, that's where the next series of the animated series yeah. took place, wasn't it? But in... in No, no, he travelled to 2099 by jumping on a rocket to go save J. Jonah Jameson's son, hmm. John Jameson, from Space Monsters. John Jameson was part of the mutants that became animals. Oh. He was a wolf man. That's how he got his moon wolf powers. Oh. Or... Wolf Man? Moon Wolf Man? I don't know. Anyway, so, for those who don't know, Madam Web, superhero within the Spider-Man universe, she is currently getting her own spum movie, much like Morbius before her, like Craven, like Venom. Spum movies are here to stay. We've got them. Let's enjoy them. So, Cassie Cassandra Kane. You had to look up her name, did you? Because you're such a big fan. I'm going to go through. Web. I'm going to go. I'm going to get the names right for this one because mm-hmm. I need to give mm-hmm. this the respect it deserves. Would it be really funny if um, the next Spider Verse film hinges on the Madam, Madam Web, Web characters? Turn love it. Up. Bring her back. Bring her back. Yeah. So Cassie Kane is a paramedic working in New York satire. Uh, she has. She's. She was an orphan. She grew up in an orphanage. She doesn't know much about her mum. All she knows is that at the time of her birth, her mum was in Peru. Studying spiders with a man named Ezekiel Sims before she died. All right? Oh, I remember that line from the trailer. Yeah. <sighs> so, she's now working... It's not a, in the film, She's apparently. working as a paramedic with Ben Parker, played by uh, played by Adam Scott, whose sister, 
Um, May Parker is giving birth to a baby. Who could that be? May Parker. Yeah. She's giving birth to a baby. Mm. Um, Ben Riley. Maybe. Um, Ezekiel has spider powers following the journey to the Peruvian jungle because he steals a mystical spider that these spider people use to give them spider powers. So he uses it to give himself spider powers, but he's cursed with seeing his death. Although it seems to be quite an inaccurate prediction from what we learn in the film. Right. So Cassie, after having a near-death experience, unlocks her own precognitive powers. She can see the future. Oh, shit. That's really helpful. Um, Not enough to save her. Whenever she wants. Pardon? Whenever she wants. No. Oh, that's not much use. Yeah. She she attempts to use the future to save her, her, um, her manager, not manager, her, um, paramedic boss um, Mike Epps from death but she doesn't because he's I assume that she's racist because she's she doesn't he's black so she saves white people which I guess um, from what I can see from the notes I've got here yeah you made notes Sony Studios I uh, know it's, it's, it's Wikipedia no. this is actually in the Star Wars universe Wikipedia <laughs> Um, okay. I found out something today about fandom what? Um, wikis. You know how they're like littered with adverts and the fucking nightmares to navigate. Yeah. If you go to the search to the URL bar, yeah, go to where it says fandom and type anti just before fandom. Yeah, um, it reloads the page without any adverts. Oh, nice. Um, there's a mirror site that just mirrors the fandom. So um, <laughs> Ezekiel Sims, oh my favourite character, has the ability to climb on walls. Yeah, increase strength, yeah. Durab- durability. Mm. Shoot web at his ass. He doesn't shoot webs. Oh. And he does have some precognition from the spider powers. So he's basically got all the Spider-Man's powers. Yeah. Um, he collects free, He collects information on the three young women, but because it's 2003, he has to get his friend to help him hack the FBI's system to face-track them and find oh, out Do they who hack they it were. like it's 2003? Do they do the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the girls from Fred, from from Girls. They got firewalls coming you know, up in front you know of me. Lena I've got to navigate the firewalls. I'm you just going to put a spike through. You know the Lena Dunham show? Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the girls from Girls is the hacker. Oh, and anyway, so um, his visions have led him to hunt these women down. He's going to kill them before they can kill him. Great plan. So he hunts down Junior Cor- Julia Cornwall, Anya Corazon, hmm. and Matty Franklin. Uh, now and Sydney you, Sweeney's in it as well. Yeah, well, no, these are the character names, not the actresses. Oh. So you may ask yourself, who the fuck are these women? One of them, Spider Woman. Which one, at The one that's Spider-Woman. So, I've read a lot of Spider-Man None of them are good Spider-Woman, though, are they? The one with the red and yellow. Jessica... Is it Jessica something? What's the one? That's Even the... Jessica Jones? No, who's the Spider-Woman that's in the red and yellow costume? The original Spider-Woman. Well, I'll say the original one, but the one that was really popular. Um, Which one's that one? I can't remember. The one who was like a... In Spider-Verse. She was sort of like a spy and stuff. Yeah, she's the one who rides the bike and into the Spider-Verse. No, that's a pregnant one. Yeah, the pregnant one is not, that uh, one. Not, uh... Oh. Anyway, so I can I I was racking my brain to work out who these spider women were, because they aren't any... Anyway, so, you know... Hey, uh, yeah, they are just... Yeah, Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew, that's who, you, who I was thinking of. Yeah, she's not in this one, then. No. So they didn't get the most famous spider woman in it. Fuck's didn't even get Silk, mate. Fucking... Um, so, Cassie, Cassie basically collects up these girls and she's like I'm going to stop that guy from killing you because she just so happens to be riding on the subway at the same time as them she ends up kidnapping them taking them to a campsite where she tells them to stay there for a few hours while she goes to Peru she ends up going to Peru and meeting the exact spider man 
who looked after her mum when her mum was dying, and he tells her, your mum was in the jungle looking for spiders that could heal people because you were born with diseases. Oh, shit. And so as she was giving birth, the spider bit her mum, giving giving Cassie precognitive powers that were unlocked by the near-death experience, and also healing her oh, shit, because of lucky. the baby diseases. Not giving her radiation. No. Um, Ben's pregnant sister-in-law, Mary, goes into goes into labour while she's in Peru, whilst whilst Cassie's in Peru. Hmm. Cassie luckily gets back in time from Peru to help save um, Why Ben are you and Mary the whole Parker. Wikipedia? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just summarising. To save Ben and Mary Parker from Ezekiel Sims, who's hunting them down, because they have the girls in the car! And this movie's a mess. But it's a fun mess. Hmm. It really is. Like, everybody's kind of trying. But there are things that are happening in this movie that don't make any sense. They refuse to say that the baby's name is going to be Peter Parker. I don't know why. They own the rights to Spider-Man. They can say Peter Parker. They just tease it in this movie, though. It's a mystery, though. You're not going to know. It's There's good. an How entire are they know it's village good of Parker? people with the exact same powers Wait, they Spider-Man. can't because everyone's forgotten who Peter Parker is. Silly. It, Silly. That's retroactive. Silly. Silly. Um... Spider-Man's really weird when he can't web swing. He just sort of jumps and climbs, and he's not that fast. So when they're getting into a car chase, he just sort of teleports. Yeah. But he looks like he's jumping, but he's just teleporting somehow. One of the spiders had teleport power. Did they? I'm sure they Madam Web. Probably Madam Web. So, spoilers, Madam Web in the in the animated TV show, she's obviously wearing blind person glasses and it's sits like in a chair. 900 years old. Yeah. She wears blind people glasses and she sits in a chair. Yeah, does so she do the film? So she, in this film, yeah. gets hit in the face by a firework at the oh. firework factory. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is that how Madam Web... <laughs> That's how Madam Web gets her full Madam Web powers. Just be blind. Blind. And also, like, that firework to the face somehow also breaks... I hope she meets Daredevil. It also ruins her legs. Oh. So at the end of the film... They're all, all the girls are living together and they come back to the apartment and she is a little electric wheelchair in these terrible sunglasses and she's like I knew you'd be home and I was like does she not have a big floaty weird web chair I was like why did she lose the use of her legs like, because she's famous for sitting down because the firework hit her in the face I don't face. think she was paralysed in no, the car. She was I think either. she just usually was sat in a chair because <laughs> she it, was just sitting down in a web chair because she concentrates and stuff to see the and also she's got the big dangly dress yeah but but she, she tripped over all the time so she's... she lost the use of her legs when she tripped over her dress Ezekiel Sims and the girls come home and she's like she's she's wearing these fucking terrible sunglasses she doesn't even get a cool Madame Web mask <laughs> she yeah. turns around in the little electric chair I knew you'd be <laughs> That's good disabled then, representation. I don't know why you're laughing. They, and then she goes, I also know other things about you because it drifts into the future. And you see them all in their Spider Women kit and she's floating behind yeah. them because she can astral project ah. in these big fuck off, like, you know, you know, ski visors. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those, it's matte red. Yeah. And it's just all over the top of her head. Yeah. I'm just like, I can see the view. We're definitely going to follow up on that. 
<laughs> There's a scene where Ben Parker goes to see her. This is obviously Uncle Ben. Yeah. So we know the future is that he, him and May... No, we didn't see it. Yeah, we know that him and May will look after Peter Parker and raise yeah, him yeah. to become Spider-Man. Um, and Mary will sadly die. So he, she's in a chair, and then Ben Parker comes in and he goes, he goes, ah, oh, it's great being an uncle. All of the, all of the, um, all of the fun, none of the responsibility. And she just goes... You wait. And I was like, tell him! Tell him his sister's gonna die! Like, do anything! But she's just like, oh, you... My only weakness is his nephews <laughs> and bullets from robbers. Well, she doesn't even tell him he's gonna be shot by a robber. Like, she can see the future. She can be like, hey, Ben, don't interact with any robbers. If you see someone robbing a store, just pipe the fuck up and shut up, right? Yeah, if you see instead, a guy who looks like releasing like, a goldfinger. She's gold like, finger. with a right little smile on her face, she's like, you wait, you're going to get fucking shot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be dead. Does they digitally de-age um, Aunt May? <laughs> Aunt May's not in it. They skirt around. Like, he says at one point, he's like, oh, I've met a guy, I'm really into her. And it's like... Just have him be in a relationship with me. Shouldn't they have been in a relationship a bit longer? (laughs) Oh, so this is another thing. So the main evil guy, Ezekiel Sims, Mm. seems to be dubbed, but they can't get the timing on the audio for the dubbing right. Right. So his mouth moves like a second before. Let's just say change what you're saying. (laughs) It's so good. And it's it's a film that ends with a firework factory. Does it have a bit where Vulture flies down the end? And he's <laughs> there like, is not I a, don't know why. There is nary a villain from any other Spider-Man yeah. thing in it. I, so then they're not going to set up the Sinister Six? I wanted Morbius movie. to stroll in and be like, I'm starting something of a T. Oh, you're in a wheelchair. I time travel back in time 20 years to start a team with you guys. Maybe they could get, they could get Michael Keaton on the phone again. Yeah. You were like, I hate that Spider-Man guy. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm actually Madam Web. So we're kind of connected. Like, forget I said this. It's like, you're going to die. Do you remember when they were saying you they were going to make a, a film about that wrestler guy? Oh, El Murto. Yeah, that's not happening. No, anymore, it's back but, on. No, no. But without Bad Bunny. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's a big fan of Bad Bunny. So I'm, I'm going to give this a Matthew Modine. Yeah. I'm going to say... This is this is a Matthew Modine because if you have a very low tolerance for bad movies and you don't understand what a fun bad movie is, you might not enjoy this. But if you're fun and an interesting person, you can discern when there is actual effort put into something, but they just they had no fucking idea how to make a movie. You're going to enjoy this. It's a lot of fun. Because someone told them to make a movie about Madam Fucking Web, <laughs> and then was like, let's just chuck all the other Spider Girls in there. <laughs> We're getting Craven the Hunter this what year. What powers does Madame Web have? Oh, precognition. Oh, how can we turn that <laughs> into a movie? She's in a wheelchair! And she's blind! What are you talking about? That's her powers! Someone got the Marvel top trumps and had a Madame Web card in it and said mobility minus one. Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney are going to win their um, court case against Sony for tricking them into being <laughs> so in this Spider-Man movie. At the end, she's in the water and the firework flies into her face. <laughs> Has the power. It's Did so you see str- that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you retire? Rewind time now, bitch! It's- She's got precognition powers. She- I-, I was in the sort of limousine next to me and it cuts to 
first thing in the this terrible sunglasses was like, oh, she got blind because of the fire. You could have, like, instead of having fireworks, you know, an accident that she potentially could have seen coming, you could have had... (laughs) Why couldn't you have something like, just to add tension and drama to the film, over the course of the film, she's got some eye trouble. It's been flaring up. Her powers have been building, and while they've been building, her eyesight's been getting worse, and every now and again it blacks out, and she doesn't know what's happening. And that could cause situations when there's action going on, where... Like she stresses, eyesight goes, she can't help them, and they don't know how to deal with it. Instead of having a firework fired towards a woman who can see the future. <laughs> who set off the firework? They did! Why? What were they having fun? So, alright, so. so they, they just send you swing, you put it in her spoilers, ass crack and spoilers. fucking launch it into the air. Spoilers. Actually, she'd probably use a cleavage, she's got the tits. Spoilers. Alright, so the end of the film. Some pictures of Sydney at the end of the film, she's hit him with a car twice, and so obviously he's expecting oh, like, that, so they can't, they can't do that. And meet Joe Black. No. Like that. No, she hits him with one car, and then that works so well, she hits him with another. Yeah, so. Fool me once, shame on me. Come back to the classics. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, I'm a fucking prick. So he goes... Fool can't be fooled again. Yeah, I'm expecting this. So they they go to a firework factory. (laughs) They've got a box of flares. And they're chucking flares in boxes of fireworks. And she's like, I've got this, guys. I don't think you need to be precogged to see this is a bad idea. (laughs) Either either he's going to die or we're all going to die, but someone's dying tonight. They try shooting him. What? They try shooting him. He's too quick. Oh. He's too quick. He's a spidery man. He can't web swim. (laughs) So they kill him with the fireworks. But what they could have done, he has limited precognition as well. So they could have had a scene where he just like, he goes, he goes, you, how will you save your girls when you can't even save yourself? And just breaks her back. Just yeah. squeezes her and breaks her back. And we'll leaves her lying there. The, and that's when her powers can... come about. She's sick, remember? You could, she supposed to have an illness when she was a kid. She's allergic to, she's allergic just say to it comes fireworks. Back. She's allergic just say it comes to fireworks. Back. And she gets one right the ticking clock of the film her. could be, oh, her body's failing her. She's going to be Madam Web. Um, it's so fucking funny. And this is... You'll really like this because I think that you're going to be like, this is so camp and stupid. You can't not I'm enjoy not this. Enjoy it. I watched the Venom films because of you know, Tom Hardy being. I liked Venom too. Yeah, Venom People 2's hated fun. Venom 2. Venom, the, 2's... Venom 2's fantastic. It's and it looks great. 86 minutes. And it looks great. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> it's got Stephen, what's his face Steve in it? Stephen Graham. Yeah, he's, he's going to. I'm a little New Yorker. He's going to be a, a symbiote man. He's going to be a symbiote guy. I'm a little cop Um, Fucking great. Like. Madam Web. It's a Matthew Modine, but it is like it is. It, it, it's delicious shit. It's a bad movie. It is. It is. This is this. This is what people like when people talk about bad movies nowadays. They're talking about films that are purposely made to be bad, and like they aren't films that are sincerely people attempting to do something. This is a bunch of people getting together, and just no one had any fucking. Then you should like movie. cut their losses and make a shit superhero movie. Crossover this only film? cost 80 million to make. They could do this. They're going to make their money back. Crossover this with Morbius and Craven. Just get the Craven one film now. I can't wait for Craven. Better yet, better yet. Let's get Halle Berry on this. Bring Catwoman and into it. I can't wait for Craven. I'm craving some of that Craven. It's going to be shite. It's going to be bad. It's but it's going to be awful. it is going to be violent rubbish. Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be in yet another piece of shit. <laughs> 
He's he's gonna love it. It's weird. he just became a bit part guy for a while, didn't he? Well, he, was, he was all right. In he's Bullet in one Train. of the Kingsman films, isn't he? Bullet Train's okay. Bullet Train, yeah. He married his, he married a grandma, like possibly groomed. A bit bit weird. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Do you remember Hitman and Kick Ass too? Yeah, bad. Yeah, that film's fucking terrible. It's not as bad as the comic. The comic's worse. Yeah, the comic is way worse. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that quote from... Um, who's the Scottish writer? Not Mark Miller, the other Scottish writer. Oh, well... The bald one. The one who did Garth The Ennis? Boys. Garth Ennis, yeah. Is it Garth Ennis? Not the one who did The Boys. Yeah, Garth Ennis did not The him. Boys. Not him, the other one. Oh. Scottish one. He does good stuff. He does... He did... Um, was it All-Star Superman? Oh, um... Uh, he's got a bald head and he yeah. cross dresses and stuff um, but anyway I remember there was an interview with him and they're saying you know you live in Glasgow Grant Morrison Grant Morrison that's it you say you live in Glasgow and you do you ever run into Mark Miller and he says no but if I do I was hoping doing 50 miles an hour as it happens <laughs> and that tells you everything you need to know about Mark Miller look and so just because you don't know how to enjoy cinema Kino. Craven's going to be great. Craven's going to be great. Is that out this year? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm actually going to tell you when. I've got a fear that the Deadpool movie is Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. You reckon? I think it, when I say Marvel Universe, he's got to kill the Fox Universe. Well, yeah, that's definitely what's happening. I think he's hunting down the characters from Fox films and... 30th of August. 30th of August. Oh, great. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. For Two weeks before my birthday. Fucking... My birthday's coming early. Craven. Fucking... I hope Vulture turns up in that. Oh, so do I. One sec, let's have a look. And Morbius. Oh, give me Morbius. And Madam Web ties it all together. He's like... The thing is that Craven's interesting, but his most interesting story is Craven's Last Hunt. <laughs> which is, like, about him dying. Yeah, they gave him a whole big extended family now, didn't they? And then yeah, he's got, like, a son. And stuff. Don't like that. Well, he killed his son. <laughs> Good for him. And, like, and, and at, just... like at one point, at one point he was going to be... Like, if someone was going to be, like, a, um, a clone of him... <laughs> But then he killed his son, and then he just had himself cloned, and then his clone was inferior to him, like this old fuck. So he killed his clone as well. Like the whole thing is that, like, he's <clears throat> he's like battle worn, giving himself cancer from all the shit that he's done to his body to make himself stronger and stronger. I know because I played Spider Man too. He's not dying in that though, is he? Yes. Oh yeah, he's got cancer. Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah. the he's got the drugs in his office. He's dying, then he dies of getting his head bit off. <laughs> Which I mean, happens to the best of us. People are saying that Spider Man Two is not as good as Spider Man One on Miles Morales, but I said they're all pretty decent games. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. The only the only problem I had was that uh, that Shriek boss fight with MJ. The thing I worry about is um, they're going to get rid of the mute, the symbiote powers for the next one because. I don't want symbiote powers to be the thing that he has all the time now. Yeah, they're a bit. It seems like it's built into him now. Yeah, but I don't need them. That probably would be the uh, Metroid Prime moment. You know, you know, in the Metroid oh, games where you start off with powers every time it gets and then stripped you away. lose them. Yeah. yeah, you'll start off with symbiote powers. Something happen, gets kicked out of his body. Yeah, and then you're back to base Spider Man. Phase on gets rid of it. Yeah, the dark phase on. Yeah. yeah. Your last review, Ant. Right. Okay. I just finished watching it today. Really up to date with the Super Sentai's. Osama Sentai King Ojo enters today. Next week is the new series, which I won't tell you the title of because it's really funny. Okay. Um, but Osama Sentai King Ojo, I, I spoke about the first half of this series six months ago mm-hmm. because the show did a thing that none of the Super Sentai shows have done before. Yeah. Where there was a mid-season finale and then it just skips forward two years like it's doing a season two. And it takes up a completely different story. And the first half of the series is all about the King's 
learning to get along because they kind of don't. The series is very serialized. Every episode bleeds into the next one, which isn't normal for Super Sentai. There's no like, there's very few episodes where it's just there's a monster turned up and we're going to fight it this week. You know, monsters causing havoc. It's it's very much the stories weave from one to the next, mm-hmm. and there's usually like usually in arcs and stuff generally, but. You know, you'll get like six episodes that follow one path story and then it moves on to another story. But um, halfway through the series, they defeat the villain of the show and he turns out to be kind of all right. There's like a little bit of him where it's like you understand why he was doing what he was doing because the history of the world was written wrong. Someone basically rewrote history, telling a story a different way and basically forcing conflict between the humans and the bug rock. For their own deeds. Yeah. Um, and then the second half of the series kicks off. And a big, colossal, super evil, possibly the most powerful villain ever in Super Sentai, called um, Doug Dead, turns up. Doug Dead? Doug Dead, yeah. He's the god of the universe. He basically toys with planets and lives. He creates life and destroys it wherever he wants. He could destroy the entire planet in an instant, but for whatever reason, doesn't, because he finds them amusing. He likes to torture them. And, you know, he'll send monsters down. He's got his little army. Each one's got a gimmick. Like, one of them can whisper words into people's ears and take control of them. Um, and he turns up and he just basically makes everyone's life a misery. And this, this, the Sentai King Oja team, the King Ojas, they're going to fight him back, fight him off. Mm. And it starts off, you're like, how are they going to take on God? Because basically the second half of the series, not even kidding, the the question of the second half of the series is, if God is an asshole, how do you kill him? Because the whole thing is like, this guy's a god. He created us. Like, literally, it is text of this show that Doug Dead created the life on this planet. And the main character, it sort of explains away his incredible ability to survive all sorts of stuff because he has a little bit of Doug Dead's power in him. He was intended to be like Doug Dead's person on the throne with all his power and all this sort of stuff. But it was actually a ruse by the kings beforehand. They did, so, yeah, they're all planning. Yeah. Basically for millennia, all the kings on this planet have been under this guy's rule. And they've been secretly weaving tiny little threads to get power back from him eventually. One of them was creating a, creating someone who would be unkillable, which is the Red Ranger, mm. um, Gira. Um, and he's a little bit crazy in the head. And he can talk to the Mechas. The reason he can talk to the Mechas is because the Mechas are also... Doug Dick's creation. Oh, right, okay. And so he's it's like, like hinting at that he's like... Yeah, the stuff that was set up way early in the series. They've all like dragged it all around. But um, yeah, it, the, the freaking second half of the series is incredible. At one point, they like they get flung across the galaxy by Doug Dead. They just teleport them. <sighs> and so they spend two episodes in on Earth. like, yeah. And they have a crossover with the Kyoryujas, yeah, which is the ones who are Dino Supercharged Power Rangers. Because it's their anniversary this year, so it was like an anniversary episode. It's their tenth anniversary. Mm. Um, they're doing like a crossover movie in a few weeks, um, but they did this whole little crossover episode where they're on Earth, and then they have to travel back. They call their spaceship from the planet. There's like basically the whole castle turns into a mecha. It can fly through space. They call it over. They fly back, but because of you know relativity in space, the different time, you know, time passes differently in different corners of space depending on the gravity and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, their journey back took six months. So when they get back, the villains have taken over. Like, Doug Dead's institutions put each of his commanders in a different castle around the world. And for the rest of the series, it's like the systematic them finding out how they're going to take out each one of these 
leaders, each one of the villains, regain their territories, gain new powers they need, unlock secret powers that have been... Because when they find out there's been this whole plan for millennia, it's how they're going to get those powers back, how they're going to defeat God. Mm. And it's just like... They made a show for kids about killing God. <laughs> I mean, come on now. you gotta, you got to kill God sometimes. It's pretty great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's just been a fantastic show. It's like, they every now and again they weave in a wacky episode. There's one where um, Rita, the judge, won, because the, the judge of the northern snowy place, she basically judges all crimes and she deals with all the criminal population from all the other territories. And all that sort of stuff. She um, becomes an idol to infiltrate a group. Because <laughs> the villain takes over and his idea of judging is judging an idol contest. Nice. Um, so she disguises herself as an idol. And the whole episode plays on this whole idea of... Because she's really good at it. Yeah. Or very, really good at it because they're non-binary. Um, uh, of judging idol competitions. Yeah. Um, this has been a debate with fans as well, whether Rita's non-binary or not. Um, it's been fully put to rest this week, though. But... Um, yeah, it's just funny because everyone, all the rest of the team are trying to figure out what the secret is as to why Rita's so obsessed with entering this contest and winning it. And they think it's because it's some thing in the park. No, she's just like, I'm fucking undercover. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, they, they people have been debating whether they're non-binary or not. They keep claiming translation errors. But this week there was an interview in one of the Japanese magazines with the writer of the show. And it literally had um, gender neutral, but written in katakana. So it was written in loan words. Yeah. So he's not using a Japanese term that could be mistranslated. Oh. It literally says gender neutral. Clever. Um, yeah, because like binary genders are, are fucking, they're yeah. Christian. They're related yeah. to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Not? They freaking went around the world freaking eliminating. Those used to be third gender in India. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's like loads stuff. of places that like, you know, um, there's places Most that... people are just like, oh, you want to wear a dress? Cool. Yeah. Nobody gives Chill. a fuck. The only people that give a fuck are white people that have got nothing else going on mm. in their lives. Um, no, um, it's a freaking fantastic series. Great cast. All the team are freaking loads of fun. The sixth ranger doesn't feel like a wacky side character who comes in and causes shenanigans. He just integrates into the team and becomes part of the team. Oh, that's nice. Um, if anything, like the guy who's the main one of the main villains in the first half is the king of the red country, the mm. one that Gira ends up becoming king of. His brother, and he's like a big old villain. And I hated him. I was kind of ready for... I was like, I hope they don't do a redemption arc. I hope they shit him over. Nah, they fucking nailed a redemption arc and I was all for him by that point. (laughs) There's a whole episode where he's dueling Gira and the whole episode is cutting back and forth between him explaining what's going on because he's pulling off his last part of his plan, which was to trick Doug Dead to give him the power to kill a god so he can kill Gira because mm. Gira's immortal apparently mm. and the moment he gets the power he turns and takes on Doug Dead and the whole episode is them two fighting Doug Dead for oh, a whole cool. episode as he's explaining yeah this thing's been in motion for years I had to be an evil bastard and basically let people die and be an evil king in order to make sure that I could join Doug Dead and get the power I needed from him because the only way to get the power to kill a god was to get it from god mm. um and he sort of like he spends the rest of the series like in prison in chains being basically having to do community service for everyone and he's like happily taking the task on he's like no I freaking deserve this I'm going to sit here and I'm going to crush, crush some rocks in a mine I'm going to freaking he's sewing a blanket the kings take turns like boring him to do stuff so he's just sitting there making blankets and stuff like that but he still teams up with them in the end the, he gets put in charge of evacuating the planet for the finale. 
Okay. Um, their plan is if they can't beat Doug Dead, they're going to evacuate the planet, and that generation has to go somewhere and figure out how they can beat him. Oh, I see. Um, and he goes to tell him, right, this is the plan that's going ahead. You've all don't realize you've got it. You've, they had a secret bag that had something in it each that they needed, and the whole people are like, "Fuck this!" Nah, we're going back, and they just turn around, head back, and the whole last two episodes is like. The, last, the second to last episode is like every side character that's ever been in the show, every extra, every person just taking part in a Lord of the Rings scale fucking mega battle that they filmed in a green screen in a warehouse. Oh, nice. Um, absolutely ridiculously epic. The whole episode, the King Ogers are injured because they've had their ass kicked at the end of the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And the last three episodes are just like one long thing. Apparently they're re-editing it into a movie length thing and they're going to put it up in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's cool. Because um, it's very cinematic the last few episodes. It's. I might give it a watch. I mean, do I need to watch all of the series to understand the context or is it like... You could probably watch the whole series because it's one long story. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched the movie yet. There was a movie in summer. I haven't got around to watching that yet. Oh, okay. But um, it's freaking awesome. And the guy who plays um, Kagaragi Dabolski, the leader of the Black, Rain- the Black Rangers, he runs an area where they make food and they make rice and they feed the other nations. Yeah. And he's very, like, classical Japanese warrior type guy. He's got that whole going on thing going on and he likes to do the <laughs> dance things and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Very prompt. got a very sort of barbarian-like mischievous guy. He's always double-crossing people, but it's only because he secretly knows there's more going on. Yeah. In the early points, and eventually it's like, oh, no, okay, he was doing everything right. Um, that guy, if they ever make a series based on a TV show or a film based on Like a Dragon 7, he would be a perfect Kassiger. He's got the friggin' tone, the style, he's built the right way. There's this friggin' hilarious thing. They keep doing flashbacks with him, and no matter how far they flash back, he still this, looks exactly the same. He's still this, like, 30-year-old, massive, bulky guy. It's like, he's 16 at one point, looks exactly the same. Just, there's one where they all get shrunk to the... They get turned into children, yeah. and the rest of the team are, like, five-year-olds, and he's still just fucking massive. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I feel like I'm 12 again. <laughs> I um, like that. That's good. But That's no, good fantastic show. series. The finale was awesome. Watching Doug Dead get his ass finally kicked was like, yes... Yeah, because um, he's actually just a tiny little bug that's inside this giant who's got this body. It's like a big glass dome on the top, like a duck bill shaped dome, and he's like a little tiny bug that lives in there and operates it. When they fucking kill that bug, I was cheering. I was so happy. <laughs> and they just they just kill him. He slices him to pieces. Spoilers for the finale. Um, his body dissolves, and the rangers just stand there and they turn around and walk off. There's no like, yay, we did it. They just turn around and go back. Done. Fucking, they finished it. They saved the universe. And it's, like, epic. The only thing that's going to struggle with this is because of the way they shot it. Because it's all shot on green screen or with um, LED backgrounds and stuff. It's going to age so quickly. Like, because other Super Sentai series, they film outside, they film in the streets, they film in real environments. There's, like, a timeless look to that. But this very much looks like something that's shot on a green screen with unreal engine generated backgrounds that don't always track perfectly in time to the foreground and sometimes the characters look like they're floating because they've CGI'd in everything around them and I sometimes think they got the maths wrong because you know you have to work out the mathematics of the camera movements to make sure the backgrounds move correctly when you're shooting like that oh yeah I see what you mean so it's panning rather than it's yeah sometimes it's not quite right and you notice parts of the scenery are moving slightly out of key with the rest of it yeah um that stuff's going to age like crazy. Weirdly, whenever they do a mecha fight, though, that's like a proper set. 
Like they have like a suit and a proper like medieval looking city. Cause it's got a very um Attack on Titan. You know the city from Attack on Titan? It's got that sort of look to it. The main kingdom. They do a lot of that and that's actually proper real costumes and everything. You expect it to be CGI considering the rest of the show. Mm. Um but because of the way they've done it as well, there's only a handful of locations that they can use. They don't really go to real locations that often. There's one quarry they fight in all the time. That's the, the only real location they ever end up in. Because um, they can't fight outside a stadium, because no stadiums exist in this world. It's all futuristic sci-fi stuff, or it's like medieval fantasy stuff. So they have to shoot it on that set. I wonder if they did it because they were worried there might be a COVID problem or something, and it was easier to contain it all in a set like that, because they've had trouble in the last couple of series because of that sort of thing. Mm. But um, no, fantastic series, really good. And new one starts next week. Yeah. So what's the new one about? Um, it's about a bunch of guys who race cars around. They got like they're gonna have pro- there's like a proper car in it for once. It's not like a like turbo, like a customized car they've had. Um, it's called Bakuage Sentai Boon Boomja, which is a great name. All the posters say "coming boon" on because <laughs> they're coming soon, um, and they wear like Formula One race gear suits with like there's not much color on them. They're kind of grey and they've got a little bit of each color, and their visor is just like a wheel, just like a wheel with a hubcap. Oh yeah, looks really co- quite mental. That's next week, and that's back to shooting on real locations and everything. Um, yeah, King Oja's really frigging good. It would make a great RPG. If they made a proper turn-based like JRPG of this, it would work so well. It's got that sort of vibe in the set with the five, with well, six kingdoms, gradually, each one having its own theme and traveling around between them and all this sort like of stuff. Like zones and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it would make a great RPG. You could get it, get give it to the people that did the uh, Mario RPG remake. It would have the same sort of vibe, happy, poppy. No, it's kind of it's quite dark at times. It's quite dark. Huh? It's more a Final Fantasy sort of thing. Oh, okay. It would fit in with that like Final Fantasy PS One era. Speaking of turn based, mm. I almost I've almost completed like a dragon. Yeah. Have you hit the difficulty spikes? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Fucking Majima. spike. Yeah, Majima. That son of a bitch. That fight's impossible. Right? Yeah, make sure you've got a save beforehand. So you I, go do. Back and... I do. I do because I did the battle arena. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Just to level up. Still can't beat Majima. He took a lot. Kiri yeah. was tough as well. Kiru's right after this, isn't it? Yeah, they're really close together. There's there's three major difficulty spikes, I would say. The final fight is a pain in the ass. Yeah. The second one's way easier. The so anyway, one. so I I've gotten through most of it, and I mm. I, I kind of knew what happened at the end. It got spoiled for me, um, which which sucks. But like you can kind of that's what they're aiming for. You you know the story's going in that direction because they're looking to dissolve what's occurring. Currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like he's he's talking to the young the young dude that used to be part of the bosses, crew and everything like that. So I jumped in for a little bit of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And I've got to say, like, they're the same engine and I've played I've played Like a Dragon. You should probably play Like a Dragon Gaiden before Infinite Wealth. I've played Like a Dragon on Xbox briefly when it was on Game Pass. You don't play Gaiden though, have you? The new no, game. no, I don't play Gaiden. But anyway, so I played I played Like a Dragon on Xbox. Yeah. And it looks pretty mm. but I started Infinite Wealth, and my God, that's a beautiful game. Yeah, when you get to spoilers, Camarocho. Yeah, um, they've completely re. As far as I can tell, they've mostly relit, retextured, redesigned parts it's of it. Camarocho looks better than it's ever looked. Like there, you the moment you leave work and the sun's mm. setting and the light is beautiful. It's just mm. like perfect. 
Yeah. And it just, it's insane. Finish finish Like a Dragon, play Gaiden. Yeah. Because you're going to need that to set you up for what happens in... Really? Yeah. Like a Dragon Gaiden set at the same time as Yakuza 7. Okay, so I need to I need to get through Yakuza 7. Because a hell of a lot more goes on in that I've only done I've only done the intro like 30 minutes of Like a Dragon Oh, when he's helping a guy get a job. Yeah, it just, that intro's it's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, like and then, the and then and then it's and then the day. That's the other yeah. thing that I did. I I'm did. nearing the end. I thought You're I'm on chapter thirteen or fourteen, but um, that's at seventy hours in. But it doesn't feel like it's near the end. So I think the last two chapters must be fairly lengthy. Mm. But I'm kind of avoiding doing the story right now because I need to go get my Dondoko Park built off of it, and I've got to do my Sujimon battles. Yeah, I um, I God. just I I've got to say that it's just these are like. Again, Shemu, fuck Shemu. Like Shemu, the best thing I ever did was give us Yakuza. Hmm. Like I, I keep looking at Shemu free because it's like three pound to buy it on Steam now. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, oh, I could play through that on the Steam Deck. That won't be an I issue. I wouldn't mind the Shemu collection of one and two. That would be quite nice to have. But they're cheap now. Yeah, you can get them for really cheap. It never comes in at work though. There's a physical copy. Oh, is there a physical? It. I didn't know there was a physical. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the I digital. I think there's. One. A, I'm sure there is. Or was it limited run only? I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is it's really. Good. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've also I've completed uh, Dragon Warrior Two, the Game Boy One. Hmm. Really good. It's a lot of grinding, not quite the same like feeling of adventure as the first one. Hmm. It's like a weird feeling. So I'm on Dragon Warrior Three now, and that is one of the most amazing Game Boy games I've ever played. It's so weird how much is in there. You should play um, Power World. No, no, thank you. <laughs> now, what's the Game Boy game with the the cat girl. Rodland? Was that one of them? Rodland was one. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, all right. So that's been Crit Apocalypse, episode 229. Yeah. You can find Anna at Mellow Gaming on YouTube, and you can find him at Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube. Try. You can find him at Wild Wheels Hat on Twitter, and you can find him at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You've also got Blue Skies at Blue Sky. Yeah, Blue Sky's all open now. Yeah, Wild Wheels Hat. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me at Chris Apocalypse everywhere. Yeah. Motherfuckers. I can find you in the cinema watching Madam Web round two. It's funny you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of those moments where, like, there are a few moments that you have in your life when you're with someone and they say something, you're just like, you're amazing. And uh, earlier today, Liv said to me, if Madam Web's released and you can, you can get a copy, I'd love to watch Madam Web again. And I was like... Mm. Oh my god! Do you want to reveal that you're um, into sadomasochism, like on the podcast? <laughs> I'm not. I will talk about my kinks one day on the podcast if you want. What the band, the Kinks? Yeah, yeah. Girl, I want to be with you. At least you didn't meet a band member from a Nazi band. So, so yeah. Wait, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> Is it the guy that literally looks like Hitler that walks around woking? No, no. Have you seen the guy with a little moustache and the? No, his- no, it's not him. Oh, okay, but you've seen that guy. No, he looks like a normal guy. He looks like a normal guy. That's yeah. terrifying. Because yeah. I could be one of us. I went on their Wikipedia after you mentioned yeah, yeah. the name of the band. They're a bunch of cunts. They're yeah, not yeah. nice people. They're terrible. Neo-Nazis. He seems all right, but you know, you never know when someone's going to. But let he was slur. proud of the fact that he. Yeah, he mentioned Screwdriver. And I remember Screwdriver being a pretty hardcore punk band. Yeah, but you're a Nazi band. That's, I mean, fair enough. If you want to do that. Maybe he's grown out of it. They split up years ago, like in the early 90s, so... Yeah, you'd hope. Yeah. Probably not, though. Probably a UKIP council. <laughs> or Tory. 
Probably Same thing, not much difference. Yeah. Um, Lee Anderson got suspended because he's a racist cunt. Oh, um, all Tories are racist, horrible cunts, and probably pedophiles. Mm. Roll on next week. What? Roll on next week. What's we next got, week? I don't know. Craven? Oh. No, Craven's not until August. I don't know. What is out next week? Anything you're looking forward to? My new Optimus Prime and the last of the train robots I need. Um. And Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered. Oh, yeah, that's coming out. Yep. When's Pentinent coming out for Pentinent? Pen- it's Pentinent. out now, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. That's the card one, isn't it? No, it's like a sort of RPG. So we, I could have played it, but it's, it's, what, it's not a card game. Oh, okay. Uh, so bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 bye.